ahead of us life really isn't that bad I promise I won't forget what we had Get over it, get over it, I know it's me You can't stop thinking of Get over it, get over it, it's gonna kill you If you keep this up We all know sometimes life gets rough Get over it, get over it, it's about time you said enough Get over it, get over it, I know it's death You can't stop thinking of Get over it, get over it, it's gonna kill you If you keep this up We all know sometimes life gets rough Get over it, get over it, it's about time you said
for some backstabbing today. And that is way too cliche. I need to write something darker. Something about a black heart do. I sound hard, way too predictable, way too impersonal. Plus it likes what I'm singing about.
shows all over the planet. I miss you so much that I can't even stand it. I trade everything that I took for granted. Put my broken down house with you on the landing. Oh, 
Welcome to Monkey Talk, brought to you by The Four Monkeys Wrestling Podcast. Because it will make that that part of your life so much easier. Now it is. Now we're good. We're live. We're here. We're talking about all the money we're going to spend that we don't have. Welcome back to Monkey Talk. I'm Christopher. Here's the captain. Captain, do everything else. I'll just sit back. That sounds good. Tonight, we have a very special guest. If you haven't heard of the gentleman that is joining us tonight, are, are you in a freaking closet? Like, seriously, he's literally one of the fastest rising stars in our opinion and lots of other people opinions and we might we might touch on that a little bit later but he's been in the business for a while at just 20 years old he is the south city stretcher the matt bully he is poisoned youth robert martyr welcome to monkey talk sir uh it's good to be here good to be uh first time i've watched you guys for a while so this is this is cool yes i think i've seen i, I think i've seen you in the chat a couple of times you were in the chat uh Vashti. Yes, yes yes oh and there's 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 some uh there's some news there that we'll get to a little bit later but uh Absolutely. thanks for coming on man we appreciate it oh no problem uh, this is something i've been looking forward to all week nice us as well and um, yes. we'll just jump right in. Uh, obviously, 
seen our show. You see where we start. You see where we go to. Let's just get to the beginning. Let's start at, at a 20-year-old. It's going to be tough to do this, but I'm going to say what was a younger Robert Martyr like? What, were you, what was it like growing up as little maybe uh, toddler Rob? <laughs> um, well, I was in Harlem, New York. <laughs> Very not good place to be in, especially at the time I was living in it. Um, yeah, man, my grandma uh, was... Uh, we didn't say this before uh, we went live. I, I mean, I didn't say this. Uh, my grandmother was a tape trader, was a legitimate tape trader. Um, so I grew up on <laughs> 1992 AAA. That, that was the first wrestling I was ever exposed to. Not John Cena, not Randy Orton, not Triple H. I didn't know who any of these people were. I knew who La Parca was. I knew Rey Mysterio Jr. I knew... Um, Liz Mark and L Dandy and all these, you know, guys that most people never heard of. Those were my favorite wrestlers like Mystico. That was my, that was John Cena to me. Mystico was John Cena. Um, but yeah, like uh, my grandma had all these tapes and I would watch them and then they go away. And I'm like, what the heck happened? <laughs> but then, but then we would get like new, new tapes. So I'm like, wait, what happened to that one show? I really like watching. She said, I sold it in spanish <laughs> dude what are you doing why are you having she had um man i'm trying to think of the it's like a big uh plastic container just full of vhs's mm. like, packed packed to the to the to the lid it was crazy and um yeah like my mom hated me watching it my mom despised me watching wrestling she did not like it but my grandma was all for it um and yeah, that was really it. Uh, you know, living in New York was, it hardened me up as every New Yorker would say. Uh, I couldn't go out past three. Like I couldn't play out, outside past three o'clock, which is very early. Being in Harlem, yeah. Yeah, you know, so, oh, man, I actually haven't said this uh, publicly, but when I uh, when I was a kid, I used to watch uh, Crips get initiated at the park, and I used to thought I used to think it was wrestling. <laughs> <laughs> that's not a storyline. That's not a story. <laughs> I, I bring my my cousin. Um, shout out to Alejandro, man. Bring my cousins, and we all it's, it's where the slide is, and right there, there's like six of them. You ready? Let's go! And they just start beating the crap out of him and he's not fighting back and we're like losing our minds cheering him on <laughs> hoop, 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 hoop. Like, kick out kick out, kick out. <laughs> i was like do hurricane rana do you know drop kick and we were losing it was the best shit ever i was so happy and i was i almost thought it was better than the wrestling i was watching on on vhs i was like this is amazing so uh yeah for a long time i thought uh, that was pro wrestling. <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, as you can tell, little Robert Martyr was, uh, was, I was very rambunctious kid. I'll just say that. Now, very young. Now with grandma and the tape trading, did she actually have like an ad in the back of the wrestling magazines like that, that they used to have like that? Or what? She so, was just rogue through other people and they just knew no, who she was. She well, she would just rogue through because my grandmother couldn't speak any English. So um, I think she knew somebody in Puerto Rico who promoted for um, 
I want to say WWC um, in Puerto Rico. So, man, I'm trying to think. I don't, I don't, I don't know if she had any like direct connection, but I know she went through somebody through Mexico, and she would go to Mexico and watch the matches sometimes. And she's met Eddie Guerrero before. So, like, I know she had to have met somebody where she would get an influx of tapes and then be trading them. But it was, you know, it was cool. I, I knew. All of I knew Los Gringos Locos before he was Latino Heat. That was like, I was like, oh, that's the guy from Los Gringos Locos. He was the, his, I know who Art Bar was. I knew who all those guys were as a kid. Now, is there a story about like, did your grandmother ever talk about what got her into wrestling? I know we usually no. ask about what got you into wrestling, but I'm interested now on on grandma. I I I that's I need to ask her that. I saw her earlier today. Um, I need to ask her that because, like, I don't know. I just know that she told me to my face she would die for Eddie Guerrero and was dead serious. And I was like, wow. <laughs> if she cares about it that much, then, you know, it, I don't know. It was a big influence on me. And um, my, my, uh, my uncle was a big fan of it. But he wasn't as big of a fan as my grandma. So he had, when he went to college, he had all these IWA Mid-South tapes. He had CZW. He had Ring of Honor. He had Evolve. He had all, and I'm talking like Evolve 1, Evolve 2, Evolve 3. He had Takara. He had all of these tapes. And he just gave them to me. He's like, I don't really watch this anymore, so here. So. (laughs) You got the hand-me-downs. Yeah. (laughs) Found out who Homicide was and Eddie Kingston and Brian Danielson and Nigel McGuinness. Again, I knew all of these people before I watched uh, WWE. And how I figured out what WWE was, was I was on Cartoon Network. And I was like, man. I'm not allowed to watch Adult Swim when my when I'm at my dad's house, uh, so I had to change the channel. So I was just flipping through the channels, and uh, I see SmackDown on Sci-Fi. This is like 2009, mm-hmm. so uh, when this is when Undertaker was doing tag matches every week, it was great. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, that's that, and I was like, oh, this is the thing that my grandma plays. That's cool. It's the it's the thing. Um, and then I and you know I figured out that Rey Mysterio was the same Rey Mysterio from the tapes I was watching. I was like, oh, that's the that's the same guy. It's, he just looks a lot bigger, and he's wearing pants for some reason. Uh, <laughs> I thought what's funny is I used to think that uh, Rey Mysterio on WWE was like the Rey Mysterio on the tape's dad, because they didn't have Junior on it. Because <laughs> mm. he wasn't Rey Mysterio Junior, he was just Rey yeah. Mysterio. Like this dude's dad is wrestling. That's crazy. Yeah. Wait till his out. son gets up there. Wait yeah. till <laughs> and then somebody told me, no, that's the same. It's the same person. I'm like, oh. And then I figured out those tapes were not. Those tapes are old. Yeah. So I, I didn't know that either. I thought it was like current date, which doesn't make any sense because it's 2009. I'm still watching VHS, VHS tapes, so I don't know what I was thinking. Um, but uh, yeah, I got into wrestling because of her, and specifically because of her. Um, the match that made me like be like, okay, this is for real. That's cool. Uh, so I have two. I have one that made me fall in love with wrestling, and one that made me want to do it. So the first one uh, was uh, Chris Benoit versus Eddie Guerrero, Vengeance 2003 for the United States title, where Rhino goes to attack. Eddie Guerrero, but he actually attacks Benoit, and Eddie Guerrero's like this. And then, yeah, it was great. That's one of my favorite matches ever. Um, and then the match that made me want to do this 
was Homicide versus Brian Danielson at Final Battle, where Homicide wins his belt. That was like, okay. I saw Homicide, because you have to understand, Eddie Guerrero was the, oh, Eddie Guerrero and Rey Mysterio were like the only uh, Spanish representation I ever saw in like wrestling. And I'm not, look, I'm not Mexican. So it's, <laughs> I was like, I had to vicariously live through, through them. So once I saw Homicide win the belt and then lift up the Puerto Rican flag, I'm like, whoa. I didn't even know there were Puerto Rican wrestlers. I didn't know that was a thing. So it was like a, that was like a big thing for me that like somebody well, homicide could be my fucking uncle, man. I'm sorry, I did I curse? But yeah, <laughs> no, you're my good. uncle. You're good. Homicide, homicide, Eddie Kingston look like they could be part of my family, and I could see him tomorrow. Like it's, I have uncles that talk like exactly like Eddie Kingston, like verbatim talk exactly like Eddie Kingston, and it's like that's why I relate to him so much because my uncle is the, the exact same way. He's a Puerto Rican Catholic. Uh, from Bronx well he's from Yonkers and Bronx is like right down the street so mm -hmm. they're basically from the same place and you know they, they act the exact same way it's pretty cool you drop a lot of names there as far as wrestlers <laughs> go and this is going to be I'm a sorry. tough one no 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 it's going to be a tough one for you I know because I just just because you're a student of wrestling there's too many to I was going to say can you pick one that was like that was my guy like that's my favorite as like I was growing watching. Up, yeah. Okay. Um, if I had to pick hands down one, dude, for some reason I just had this infatuation with Nigel McGuinness, man. I don't know what it was. He wasn't even the the one I liked the most. He was just like, dude, this he's cool. I there was something about him that was just cool. I like Nigel McGuinness. It was like just some British dude that was just closed, clotheslining people. I was like, this is amazing. I don't know. He wasn't even the one I liked the most. The one I liked the, the most was Homicide. But Homicide didn't, like, in my my little brain was like, I don't know, Nigel McGuinness does rip cords and the things, and he headbutts poles and stuff. Like, this is insane. So, yeah, like, the one I, I was my favorite was Homicide. But I just, I had something with Nigel McGuinness. I just couldn't. And, and actually... Again, I know you said pick one, but the only no, other person... I knew this was going to happen. Yeah. It's okay. <laughs> the only other person that I may have liked more when I was watching SmackDown... Um, well, this is... I had old tapes of SmackDown, too. Tajiri on SmackDown. Oh, heck yeah. Tajiri was yes. my favorite. Love Tajiri. He'd come out with the mist, and he was my favorite. Yeah, but I love all of those guys. Everybody I've named, I love them. But if I had to pick two as a kid, I was like, these guys are freaking cool. Nigel McGuinness and Tajiri were my favorites. That I mean, that's interesting because those guys are both really good wrestlers, but both have very different approaches to wrestling, which is yeah. which is interesting too. Because it, again, it goes back to the fact that you love wrestling so much that you're a student of wrestling, and that you had this love for Homicide, but you were almost lusting for these other guys because other of what guys. they could do. Yeah, and I was like, because, like, Brian Danielson made me appreciate what technical wrestling was. Like, I, I understood it once I watched him. Because Kurt Angle was it, they called it, like, you notice, like, 15 years ago, we would call, like, I don't know, Chris Jericho a technical wrestler. He's not. But we would call, compared to everybody else, mm -hmm. who's more ring-based. But then I watched Nigel McGuinness, and Brian Danielson, and I'm like, this is a whole nother level, dude. These are they are doing stuff I've never seen. So, like, 
Brian Danielson made me appreciate, like, I got technical wrestling once I watched him. Like, I was like, okay, that's cool, but it's not fun to watch. And then once he did it, and I was like, I get it. And that's why I, like, it clicked for me. To Jerry, I, he would do, this is during the time that to Jerry was, uh, he was doing, like, vignettes with William Regal for some reason, like, that during that era. Yeah, yes, yeah. I remember was William Regal stooge. Yeah, yeah, that was... That's the era of Tajiri I'm talking about. So I would love their little vignettes of just Tajiri doing silly stuff and then misting people. Like, he was just my favorite. Yeah. And I also would spam uh, the, the mist in uh, SmackDown versus uh, – no, here comes the pain. I just spam mist every time. <laughs> and then do the buttball kick and win. And i piss off. Like, I've made so many cousins rage quit because of that. I knew, I knew there was a glitch in the game. You got to get the steel chair. You have to hit it three times in the buckle, and you get free mist. It's great. <laughs> Gotta write that down for next time Chris, I play Chris Chuck. Is like, oh, okay, next time I play that game, I got it. Legit steel chair. I don't know if it was just my PlayStation. Three times in the buckle, free mist for Tajiri. I don't know why, but he just give you unlimited mist. It was great. That's amazing. Just kept. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I feel like such a nerd, man. Such a nerd about that. <laughs> Oh man, we're all nerds about something. We talk about this yeah. often on on the on the show, and we talk about it with a lot of people. It it's fine. Like a nerd is not a negative connotation. It it's it just means you're really passionate about something, whatever that is. Yeah. Whether yeah. it be video games, whether it be wrestling, whether it be comics, whether it be I don't know, movies, TV shows, music. movies, music, yeah. horror there, films. There's a nerd for everything. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, dude, I had a very interesting childhood as far as like watching wrestling and what I liked because it's it was very untraditional from everybody else, you know. Like obviously, when I was watching, you know, uh, like weekly, like Edge. I mean, Edge was awesome because he was on TV every week. Edge, Edge was cool. Uh, Christian, they were pushing Christian because he was world champion. So I was like, okay, mm-hmm. Christian, cool. You know, obviously, I like John Cena. I'm not afraid to say it. And then. CM Punk came around and was like, screw John Cena. This guy sucks. <laughs> I was like, yeah, this John Cena, dude, I never liked him, ever. It's actually never, never happened. Never. never. Never cheered for him, ever. Never cheered for him, not even once. I don't I don't have, like, six shirts of his at all. This never, never went like this. <laughs> not one no, time. Not and one. Then, yeah, like, oh, yeah, I forgot. Doctor, like, again, I didn't know John Cena of Dr. Thugonomics was the same dude. Cause I had these tapes. So I would, I, my first introduction to John Cena was when he was going after the undertaker and like pissing on graves and stuff. You remember that? He did a yep. vignette where he pissed on a grave. Yep. <laughs> so yeah, that was my first introduction. He was uh, a dick. Him. Like he was yeah. like, he played the dick card. Like he was a, he was an asshole, man. He was yeah. a, and it's ironic. Now he's on TV calling Roman Reigns an asshole. I'm like, you pissed <laughs> on the grave. <laughs> <laughs> he did have some epic raps though i mean yeah we give him a lot of shit but man he, he had some good like punch ribs punch. yes yeah and like uh my favorite ones are like he would he would do them against the lower like lower card guys he would i think he cut one against spanky or something like that he had a promo with spanky and talking about how his how somebody's wife would spank him or something i'm like yeah. thinking I of this oddly remember that one <laughs> yeah it was so 
I think Chavo Guerrero had beaten, had stole a win, and then, you know, John Cena comes out, raps, and Spanky comes out with a, like, big-ass, like, clock on his neck for some reason. I think he was coming out. The flavor Flav thing, yeah. Yeah, full yeah. Flavor Flav just coming out. It was great, yeah. Yeah, whatever happened to Flavor Flav? He just, like, I know Probably. he's still around. He's yeah, back on. Yeah. He's back on in Freeport, just hanging out in Freeport <laughs> Island. That's true. That's true. Flavor Flav scares me, man. I don't know what about him just terrifies me. <laughs> it's the big clocks. Just a scary dude. Like you never know what he's gonna do. Why are we talking about Flavor Flav? <laughs> no format. Yeah, there's no, no format. Yeah. That was yeah. the whole premise of this podcast from day one. No format. We only put these little kind of topics in here if we have dead air and we don't usually have dead air so not often awesome not often but yeah that's that's the uh, to get that segment off that was that was my introduction to wrestling now in my introduction you know i you're you're just 20 years old however you've you've been in wrestling for some like, time for about well, five years. or six years yeah. Now you started off as a ref, um, and then kind of got into training wrestling through there. So it, I, it's actually reverse. So I started training as a wrestler. Okay. I did one match in front of people at fourteen. One match, and uh, I think they saw because I had like two months of training at that point. Well, yeah, maybe he needs some work. So let's just make him a referee. And also the promotion that I was training under didn't have any referees. So I was the, I was the ref boy. Um, but I got, I'm glad I did it. I hated it at the time, but I'm glad I did it because, you know, I experienced what it was like to be in front of a crowd at 14, you know, being mm-hmm. a ref. <laughs> So I understood what they would react to and what they didn't and stuff like that. So it was, it was a good experience. And then I had my, so I had my first match in front of people at 15. I know I said 14. I I was actually 15 and uh, I did refing on the side and then, uh, but those match, I don't consider those matches matches because I just would get clotheslined and then pinned and that was it. Like, so like, the ultimate squash match they were yeah they would get they were matches but they weren't in the sense a bell rang yeah, and someone I mean, counted to three they yeah, were matches. it was a match, but... they were match. <laughs> to me i didn't really do much um other than lose so i had a i had a mask on um and my trainer my first original trainer uh was ricardo rodriguez um he was my the first person that i ever trained with and uh he was like yeah you're 14 uh also it's illegal to wrestle in florida under the age of 18 so because i begged him and would refuse to not wrestle because i kept begging him he was like all right we're putting a mask on you and then you'll wrestle fine so that's how i learned to wrestle was uh he put a mask on me uh how does that work though? You're still 14 or 15. Yeah, not under the uh, he's mask. got a mask on. It's okay. We don't know. No. We don't know. It's different. That's, Florida's gonna Florida. That's all I'll say. I don't know. Florida, <laughs> <laughs> Florida, mask on. It's like Clark Kent. He puts his glasses on. Oh, that's a that's a fully grown adult right there. Who, who is that? 
<laughs> Superman, uh, like, you know, something like that. Uh, but yeah, you know, everybody kind of knew, but you know, he's got, I got a mask, so it's whatever. Did you uh, have a name? Yes. I was Pegasus Dark. That was my name. Ooh. So I wanted to, I needed, I don't know why, but the other trainer, um, that I will not name because I don't like him. Uh, the other trainer, uh, was like, brother, you gotta have a, a, an animal. You're, you know, all the best luchadors have an animal as a name. And I'm like, is Rey Mysterio an animal? <laughs> Mysterio. Is Sinkara an animal? I don't, I don't, okay, whatever. Um, so I was like, okay, you know, everybody's usually a tiger or a, a, a bird or some, or something like that. So I'm like, okay, let me be, I, this is when I was starting to get like familiar with Japanese wrestling and I was watching Chris Benoit in Japan. I was like, oh shoot, this is crazy. He was Pegasus kid and he became mm. wild Pegasus. So I was like, okay, nobody's being a Pegasus. I can't be wild Pegasus junior. Cause that's too on the nose. Um, so <laughs> I'll just be uh, Pegasus Dark, and that was my name. Um, yeah, so it, shout out to Ricardo. He thought it was horrible, but it was something. So <laughs> it was something. Uh, and yeah, and my first real match, though, uh, was I had begged my – it was my birthday, and I begged my mom. Um, I was like 16 or 17. No, I was like 16. Um I begged her, hey, listen, it's my birthday. I don't want gifts. I was notified that there would be a Dean Malenko seminar in Miami. I need to go to that now. <laughs> yeah. So I was like, hey, you don't have to get me any birthday gifts if you just take me to this and pay for the tickets. Or not the tickets, or the, just the entry. She obliged. She drove seven hours. But God bless her. Uh, for me to get to this Dean Malenko seminar. And I get there. There's a lot of people there, man. There's like over like 40 people for the seminar. And it's Dean Malenko, Two Cold Scorpio, Teddy Long, Sonny Ono, and Elijah Burke are all there. That's, that's great. That, that's some names. Yeah. Those are all, they are all there in attendance for the seminar. And, um, you know, Dean goes over his, uh, what he has to say. And basically, after that, you know, everybody wants to get ring time. Unfortunately, Dean couldn't get in the ring. I don't know why, but I, he, you know, he was older. So he, I, he usually got in the ring, but I don't think he was feeling well. So they, we just didn't get in the ring. We just did matches. So they picked on everybody and said, you guys have five minutes. You know, go figure everything out. Um, they didn't pick on me. Everybody had their groups, and they didn't pick on me. So I was like, uh, I kind of drove like seven hours to be here uh let me at least introduce myself so i walk up to dean malenko and elijah burke and i say hey man, i'm 16 by the way hey mr malenko my name's robert uh i've been wrestling since i was 14 i'm 16 you want to work kid don't you uh 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 let, let me check my schedule <laughs> uh, <laughs> and 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 i just couldn't i literally was i lost for words i couldn't even i didn't know what to say and he was just like, I got something for you. Don't worry. Get your shoes on. I'm like, okay. Ugh. So everybody does their matches. And I'm just sitting here twiddling my thumbs. Like, I don't, I, that's weird. Nobody is, nobody's, everybody's called their matches. That's not me. But okay, we'll figure it out. 
Elijah Burke gets in the ring and says, hey, kid, you ready? And I'm, like, looking around, making there another, sure. Is there another kid somewhere? There, another kid here? <laughs> there has to be another kid here. Uh, no, only full-grown adult males? Awesome. Okay. Uh, <laughs> so I go in, and all he just says was, can you look? And we, we wrestled 10 minutes. 10 minutes we wrestled. And... Dude, it was like one of the most emotional experiences of my life. I won with an enziguri, if I remember correctly. Wait, and hold on. You won? I won. He put me over, brother. I was guys. <laughs> brother, brother. Wow. He 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 gave me. He he literally said because he beat the shit out of me for like ten minutes. Yeah. <laughs> beat the goddamn trash out of me. And he said, throw a boot, and I enzied him, and that was it. And it's like, all 40 people, Dean Maleko, Too Cold, is laughing his ass off. Sony Ono's freaking out. Everybody's PWG slamming on the on the apron. And I'm, like, bawling in the ring, bawling. Like, because, like, I didn't mention this before, but before I didn't have any respect in wrestling, man. Zero. I had zero respect. Um, it's probably because of my age probably because, you know, I had no concept of social skills. Uh, I was a young kid from New York that spoke his mind and didn't have any cons. I didn't have a filter, so I just said what I thought, and that wasn't very good. That's a New uh, Yorker. Yeah. Again, uh, but again, I was 15, 16 years old. Like, everybody treated me like I was an adult, so I got it extra rough. And I know what it's like to get, like, um, like people take liberties from me. Like, those matches, those, you know, those small matches I had were against, like, 37-year-old vets that just hated life. So they just took it out on me, man. Like, I I didn't know what ta being taken advantage was um, until much later. But there were days, like, I remember I dislocated my jaw in a match. And we had only wrestled like three minutes and he was just beating the, the dog shit out of me, man. Like I, it felt like it was like fight or flight. And I'm like 15 years old, just getting the, the shit rocked. I would come out after like almost every match with like a bloody nose, every, every match. And it was like, it was great for like the story that was being, I was just the, the, the lamb that was being fed to all these people. So I kind of like naturally like the fan, like the, the five people that were actually watching, we're like, Jesus Christ, this kid is dying every time. <laughs> I feel really bad for him. Um, so when I would get a forearm in or I would get a drop kick in every once in a while, it was a big deal. Uh, but I was, yeah, for I, for real, I was getting the absolute dog shit beaten out of me every match. Um, and, you know, dealing with high school, you know, being a freshman in high school, like not having any friends, I'm not from here, you know, it, it was it was hard man it was rough uh, on top of that like before i even started wrestling i did boxing because my family is full of fighters so i wanted to play playstation they wanted me to box and i was like i don't want to do this shit. <laughs> i don't so i i man yeah i i learned how to box um before i did pro wrestling training so i, I started boxing at like eight and i had my last amateur fight in 2017 so i was 16 so yeah, I've been I've been boxing. I boxed for a long time, and I was doing that while I was doing pro wrestling training. So I would box and I do pro wrestling training. And when I got into high school, I took up amateur wrestling. So I was doing all three at the same time. Damn. 
I was, so the structure would be pro wrestling training at eight or at seven. Um, I do, and I, you know, I'd, uh, go through school and then after at like, you know, uh, I think it was like, a, we'd get out at four or something like that. I don't remember the high school times after, after school, I, you know, I'd go to amateur wrestling training and I do amateur wrestling and I do pro wrestling. And then once my season was done, I cut back, back down from 145 to 127 and I'd box and I'd start boxing training again, all while I'm doing pro wrestling. So if you see pictures of me, I'll be really, 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 really skinny or I'll have some like weight on me because I'm a lot bigger, but I was constantly cutting weight and gaining weight because I was doing both. Uh, so I would, there were days like I would do a amateur wrestling match at two and then I'd wrestle later that night on a show and get the tar beat out of me at eight. You know, that's how I did it. And then after that, with my bloody nose, I wipe it off and I put my ref, you know, I ref fresh the show. <laughs> Oh, and everybody's like, huh, I wonder why that kid's nose is busted. That's <laughs> odd. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, like, I, it, that, it was very interesting. So I, you know, I, 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 as a kid, I thought amateur wrestling, I would, you know, Jerry Lawler would be like, he was a f- fantastic amateur. Um, you know, he was a collegiate champion. Let's see what he can do in the pro ranks. So I took that to heart. I thought I was going to WWE after high school. That's how I legitimately thought that. I thought that's how that worked. Uh, no, <laughs> not at all. Um, no, apparently not. Thanks, Jr. Uh, but you know, Liar. it was uh, it was rough, man. It was rough, and that's why I'm hard on myself. Like I have, like, well, everybody says they have a chip on their shoulder. It's not really a chip. It's just more of I have to show that I they 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 were wrong. I need to show that they were wrong. That was the biggest thing for me. They were wrong. Everything. I was banned from like six promotions. Florida is terrible, okay, to wrestle down here. It's terrible. I will say it straight up. And I love Florida. I rep Florida. Terrible shows sometimes, dude. Like certain places are good, but for the most part, everybody that's there will agree it's bad. I was banned from half of them because of what people had said about me or people's preconceived notions of me or just my age was like, oh, he doesn't deserve it. Who's this snot-nosed kid thinking he can come and be a wrestler or play wrestler, you know? And I wanted to show I was serious, you know? So, yeah, I think that's where my, like, aggression comes from, like, my anger was just living in New York, dealing with all that high school and just, you know, getting the shit beat out of me every training and then boxing the next day, earlier in the day, and then wrestling training and just and then doing amateur wrestling. It's like all of that combined of my coaches being hard on me and my pro wrestling coaches being hard on me, then t- people taking advantage of me and get me being, being ah, me being um, uh, beat up at shows and just people constantly just shitting on me all the time. It's very rough. And that's where I, I think now I, I realize like that's where my hunger comes from. I want to show them I'm, they're wrong. And they've always been wrong about me. So sorry, I was, that went on a little vet train. But no, yeah, <laughs> no. I, I, I do. I do that pretty much at least twice a day. So I, I, I completely understand now getting like, for lack of a better term, being so young and going through that and, and getting fed to the lions, let's say at, at a young age and getting the crap kicked out of you. Did, 
did that lead to the martyr name? Um, so I, I had a long talk with myself after a training when, um, I think, I think, oh, wow. Yeah. Alistair Black was there. Alistair Black was there and Tessa Blanchard and, we had, I had done a match, like a practice match. And I think I had forgotten some, something. And I got, um, I got punched and like, he just punched me in the face, like just decked me. And I dropped and, um, I was rocked. You know, Tessa was like, what the hell? Uh, but the match kept going. I don't know why. I don't remember why but the match kept going. And my, like I was leaking like leaking like it was bad i think it was like a receipt or something and we just kept going and i just something came out of me of just like i'm like there's tears in my eyes in this practice match like i am hitting him back as much as my 15 year old body can i am hitting him as hard as i can without you know using boxing and piecing him like i'm wrestling yeah and i think they saw that and i had a standing ovation after like i'm literally bleeding um <laughs> and i was just like after that I, I i just got went outside and i just sat and i just looked at the stars and i asked myself if i really wanted to do this you know because you can only take so much man mm -hmm. you can only and especially what was going on in my personal life and people that i had lost because you know they had passed away and you know my cousin getting shot in the head and all this stuff like that was it was messed up man it was like i was i was a very angry kid and i asked myself if i wanted to do this and i just had this like talk with myself and i'm like you know what i am a, I'll, if i'll be a martyr if i have to for this i will be a martyr there is nothing that is going to take me away from doing this and i knew it and i and i had made a pact with myself nobody's going to take this away from me if I just did that in front of, you know, somebody who had just recently been on NXT, Aleister Black and Tessa Blanchard that was on, you know, the Cruiserweight, uh, not the Cruiserweight, the May Young Classic at the time, you know, I was like, I'm, I'll be a martyr for this. Because pro wrestling saved my life, man. Legit. I wouldn't be alive if I didn't have pro wrestling. I would have, I would have probably, you know, been a casualty in New York or something like that. Or I would have gotten the fights with people at my high school or, you know, something, it wouldn't have been good if I didn't have wrestling. Wrestling saved me. So if wrestling saved me and it gave me a second chance Then I'm going to give my life to it and, you know, give it all that I can give it, give it back. Um, and that's where martyr came from. And then recently I found out that my real last name, um, uh, translated in Hebrew and I translated it into Spanish. It actually translates to martyr. Oh, wow. That's crazy in Spanish. I didn't even know that. So it was almost like a destiny thing. My, my, uh, yeah, like my name literally translates to martyr, um, which was pretty cool. Uh, and yeah, I, I take that to heart, man. I'm a martyr for this. I will, I will put my body on the line. I will give everything I have. I will wrestle harder than I, I, I literally every match I tell myself you're going to retire. This is before every match, and I've never said this publicly. I say I'm retiring tomorrow, and I believe it. So when I wrestle, 
I'm wrestling like it's my last match. That's my mindset. Because if I have my last match, this is it. I will I will give my literal all. I will break my body to give the best I have. So that's why I say before every match, I'm going to retire tomorrow. Um, just to give me that that motivation to just go out there and just give everything I have. Because who knows? Maybe I might. You know, I don't know how, like, I already feel, I'm 20 years old and I feel the effects of my body already by the matches that I've had recently. Like, I feel it. And I wrestle hard. And I've taken mm -hmm. a lot of pride that you would be hard-pressed to find anybody that wrestles as hard as I do. And, you know, history has shown the toll it's taken on people. It's cost them their lives. So, look, like, I'm, I'm 20 years all old right. and I feel in my knees. My neck hurts all the time. You know, that's why I do, I do like an hour of stretching before I go to work. Hour of stretching every day. You know, I stretch for like 15 minutes before I train. You know, I want to be, I want to be in this for the long run, but I care about it so much. and I'm so passionate about it that I wrestle hard. So that's why I say it. Like, you know, if you're retiring today, if I'm retiring today and whoever I'm wrestling is my last match, I'm going to make it count, man. Make, but that, yeah, that's. That's where Marta comes from. It's like it's a it's a really personal thing for me. So yeah. it's nice to hear like the the origin stories, you know, people who use their name or a version of their name is one thing, but when you actually have an origin story to where the name actually came from and it means something like that to you, that's so it's such a personal story. I, I think it gives the aura of that person just just a little bit more, you know, emphasis out there yeah and I, you know obviously uh, i've seen some people like you know they think it's weird or like it sounds like it's from czw in the early 2000s or some, some something like that but it's like i get it i understand it's it's not a traditional name but it means something to me that's more than wrestling mm -hmm. to me so that's why i wear it that's why i say remember my name because you know, what's the ultimate sacrifice giving your life, right? So I'm going to do it as long as I possibly can. So this is my way of giving my life to wrestling. Uh, but yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm very excited, man. I'm very excited for the future. I'm, I'm doing my best. Like, it, you, you don't understand. People don't understand, like. Oh, you've been putting in the work. I mean, yeah. if, if anybody, no matter if they follow you on Twitter, on Instagram, whether they see you at action uh limitless uh paradigm if they've seen you previously in mlw a, a bunch of the different florida promotions i mean they everybody sees that you're putting in the work and you're and you're not just going up against the 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 middle of the crop you're going up against names you're going up against the garinis the 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 guys that that pull the best matches out of people yeah. and that match at, at, at film reunion was phenomenal phenomenal yeah and i have a lot of respect for dom man dom is a killer and uh yeah jd drake recently you know my first match in limitless was against kevin blackwood yeah i'm wrestling jacob fatu august 20th like i i said this at the beginning of the year actually January 7th, I said this, and I made a tweet about it, and I never forgot it. 
I said, give me the workhorses. Give me the guys that are going to legitimately try to take me out. Not in a storyline sense, not in a wrestling sense. I want the guys that know that people are scared to wrestle. I want those guys. I want the guys that are like that. They, they basically expose people in the ring. They expose them. Mm-hmm. They either their cardio is not up to par or their wrestling isn't as solid as people thinks it think, think it is. I want those guys. I want the guys that are going to legitimately try to take me out and try to tire me out and try to test me. And that's what I thrive off of. I want those guys. And when I wrestled paradigm, my first match in paradigm was against Matthew justice. The promoters at paradigm took that to heart. It put me against Matthew justice. Still one of my favorite matches. And I showed everybody that I wanted this. And that was my first big break in wrestling was that match against Matthew justice. And he beat the shit out of me and I beat the shit out of him and I gave him everything back. And it just became this thing where I was like, give me another. I want another. Keep giving me these guys. And I will continue to say that. I want to be the Iron Man of 2020, 2021. Sorry. I want to be that guy. I want to be the guy that not just a breakout star, but man, that guy wrestled this list of people and this short. And he's young, you know, like I want that. I want to be the Iron Man. That's my goal. You're um, on the pace to do that. I mean, it's I, I wrote down a list of a bunch of the matches that you've gone through, and it's like, do you have do you ever take do you ever relax and like take a vacation on a weekend? And it's like, no, no, no one hundred miles an hour. I don't. It's it's weird because I don't know what off is anymore. Like I used to. And this is not me saying, like, legitimately, I'm always like, okay, what's the next thing? That's why this month I've had probably the least amount of bookings than I've had this whole. So then it felt, like, so weird to just sit down and rest. Like, it felt weird. It was like, I should be at a show. I was, like, thinking about showing up to shows that I never even go to. I'm like, maybe I'll, maybe I'll, you know, I don't know. I don't know what I'll do. I was like going through like wrestling withdrawals because I'm not on the road constantly. Um, and you I tried. felt like you were trying to book yourself. I saw, I saw I, yeah. you wanted to fill uh, yeah. those dates. You were like, yeah. I have dates. Give me, give me more. Like, <laughs> legit. I was, I, I was like, I have, these are the dates I have guys, please. <laughs> I want, I, it's that, it's just that, that amateur wrestling mindset. It's like, don't stop. Don't stop if legs are dead. Don't stop if you don't have a head. If your if your ACLs are torn off, you're still gonna wrestle and win an NCWA championship. It does, there's no offset. There's no off. You know. Um, and I just I like that. I honestly do. I like it. I like that the fact that I'm I'm always I'm game, man. I want that. I want to be the. I want to have that reputation of a work rate guy, and not only a work rate guy, but just like. I don't want to just be labeled as a technical wrestler. That's not my goal. I want to be the best wrestler, technical in the United States. No, in the world, period, point blank, period. I don't want to put myself in this box because, yeah, the style I may wrestle may be pure, maybe technical, whatever you want to call it, but I'm one of the best. I can go with anybody. I want to wrestle everyone and anyone, any style, El Lucha Libre, um, American high flying, striking, technical wrestling, British style, uh, anything, man. Deathmatch. I've already I've done no piece underground because I mm-hmm. wanted to try my hand at that. 
I'm a martyr for a reason. I I'm, and I have so much respect for those guys because I know what guys like Akira go to go through because, you know, they do that week in, week out. They don't stop. And I'm not a deathmatch wrestler, but I have enough respect for them to try it and and show them, hey, I can I can go with you guys. Um, but I, I haven't earned that. I haven't earned that right to call myself that. Cause that's something you have to earn. And I know a lot of people know it's a cool new thing. Now deathmatch wrestling is a cool new thing. Um, and a lot of people want to try it, but I genuinely have respect for those guys. And like, you have to earn that title. That's a big thing. I've always wanted to say you have to earn that man. If you, if you're, if you're wrestling like Nolan Edward, but you're wearing a shirt, Nolan, you guys remember his hit dude, the, um, this year's um, collective man. Did you see how many? I think he had like twelve matches, mm-hmm. like three days, That's and like crazy. seven of them were like death matches. Yep, he was like limp. That- he was limping out by like the third match. Like that's yeah. the thing. Like he was already beat to crap by match yeah. three. Of that week. Yeah, and he had like a bunch more to go, and he was wrestling at such a high level. Like that's. That's when you earn it. He earned that title. Yeah. You know? Um, but, like, yeah, man, like, legit, That that's what I want. And I also, like, in Limitless, Randy, Randy took that to heart. And I was talking with Fred Yehi the other day, and I asked him, like, dude, what do I do? Maybe, I, maybe I'm not – maybe I need to talk about, like, I don't know, am I, is my branding off or whatever? He's like, no, it's nothing. Enjoy the rest. This is where this gives you a time to recharge and, you know, work on things. And it was like, he's right, but I'm just always on, on mode. And he, he understands, he gets it. You know, you always want to keep improving because you feel like if you relax, you're not being productive. Mm-hmm. And there's a difference, you know? So I've been, I'm learning that. So now and- speaking, speaking of taking a little bit of a break and, and some things that you have coming up, one of the big things coming up, and I think it's less than three weeks now, something like 18, 19, 17, some odd days, le- less than 21. We got the SCI tournament, the Futures Showcase. You have a big match against two man, hard, hard opponents. And, and, and there was no segue in there. I mean, it literally is hard. Hardway Heater and the Hoodfoot. Mo Atlas, man. Mo yeah. Atlas. I mean, out of the whole draw, you you got a hard one. I, I want to say, and this is just my opinion, I think I have the hardest match as far as the first round goes. I think I have the hardest match. Um, and not to mention that I was the only person – that wasn't directly selected. Yes. I, now, I, yeah, if, if you don't know, if you're listening, if you're watching, whatever whatever you're doing right now, the other eight, can, uh, I, I want. I keep wanting to say contestants. I don't know why. And the word is like stuck in my freaking head. Participants. The other eight participants. A, yeah, participants, yeah. Were, were all chosen. However, Robert had to, at uh, action game over, had to wrestle a umpteenth generation um, wrestling yeah. um third, I think it actually is. Third. Fourth. 
or and and fourth or fourth. fourth. See, see, you were even wrong. Umpteenth was better than your whatever (laughs) against Brogan Finley, and you came out on top. How how was that match? How was it working with him? And what was the feeling when you came out the victor in that? So it was interesting. I don't know if I should say this. I'll, I'll just say it. Um, not many people know his father was there in the attendance. Not many people know that. So it was very special to me because Fit Finley is my number one guy. Like he's, he is the blueprint for my style. Um, so wrestling in front of him and wrestling his son was like a big thing. And it was bittersweet sweet because I was his 10th match. And he was my 110th match. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, although he's been wrestling 10 matches, I mean, I know a couple more now, but, like, he had been wrestling, like, training with his father for, like, five years. So he's not new. He's well-seasoned. He's just nobody's seen him Mm -hmm. is a thing. So me mentally, I was like, you know, this isn't going to be a cakewalk. This isn't, you know, this is, he knows what he's doing, obviously. Um, But I say bittersweet because I felt like it was kind of like a low, like a low ball thing. Oh, you're the only one in the, in the tournament fighting for their spot. And I know I say I want to work for the workhorses, but like, haven't I proved enough that I'm worthy of being selected? I guess not. And I, I beat him. And not only did I beat him, I tapped them out. And to me, that means a lot more than pinning them. I honestly think if you, if, if I submit you, I, you know, this is a wrestler's mindset. I think I own you. Like you submitted to me. I own Brogan Finley in my head. I'm, I own him. Now that we, if we wrestle, ever wrestle again, I'm going to remember that. And he's going to remember that. And that's the cool thing he gets to remember what I did to him in front of his dad. That puts a smile on my face. And it was almost like, look, I love Matt. Matt's great. But that was for Matt. When I tapped him out, I wanted to show him, you should have selected me. And now, Hoodfoot, I don't know if you saw his match with uh, Josh Crane, Paradigm Pro Wrestling. That was incredible. Incredible performance. Hardaway Heater is, uh, you know, part of KOBK. You know, nasty group of guys. Brett Eisen, Nolan Edward, you know, uh, Ron Bass, which is also, you know, in there. Uh, Kira. Yeah, Kira. Uh, and he's under the tutelage of, of Kerry Offal. And I and Kerry Offal, I'm, I'm very close with Kerry. So I know. I know what he's capable of. But if there's one thing I have over both of them is if you saw against my match against Brady Drake, I can take a lot of punishment. So Hardway Heater can go the hard way. Mo Atlas can be Hoodfoot. Doesn't really make a difference to me. Pain stays the same regardless. It's just pain. Pain is temporary. Legacy's forever. I'm a win. I'm a win. That, that, that's SCI is going to be very interesting because also Eli Knight, who I'm very close with is in that match is in, um, not in the match in the tournament. 
Mm -hmm. um, and I came up with Eli. Me and Eli come from the same school, and we started around the same time. I started about two years before him. You know, I train. Eli is my training partner. I train with him every week, three times, three times a week, three four times a week with Eli. So you know, I I hope for the best for him. And I know Billy starts wants to make her story. She wants to make, uh, you know, this her moment. And uh, I'm sure, you know, it would mean a lot to the Billy Starks brand and all of her fans and Billy herself because he's going to make history. Uh, but that can wait next year. That can wait next year. She can be on SCI next year, get, get selected, or she'll just go through futures again. It's not going to be this year. It'll be next year, though. It'll be next year. I, th I think she'll, uh, she'll do it. I believe in Billy. Billy's great. It's just... People will learn when you put me, you or destiny, I'm only choosing one thing and it's not you. That's the biggest thing. Legacy is forever. Pain is temporary. That's my biggest mantra. I don't care what you do to me. It doesn't matter. I have a mindset when I wrestle. I adopted it from Drew Gulak. Drew Gulak does catch point. He has that catch point philosophy. It's win. It's win all the time. And it's and it doesn't matter what style you are. It doesn't matter what you do. You don't have to be a technical wrestler to have that uh, mentality. It's just winning. If you don't win, what are you doing? And this is a, and we're gonna go on a little bit because I'm, I'm sure you're gonna mention the match with Ashton Star that was announced. Um, I don't know if you saw. Uh, Ashton cares about followers more than he does winning matches because I beat him. I pinned him. I, I didn't cheat. I didn't watch the match. I didn't do anything wrong. I beat him clean. Mm -hmm. No shenanigans, no cheating, no bending the rules. I may have gotten aggressive, but why wouldn't you? I respect Ashton. He's a great wrestler. Why would I bring anything less? I beat Ashton Star. Yet, Ashton is more featured than I am. Doesn't make much sense. And Ashton's rebuttal was that, look at that I have 3,000 more followers than you on Twitter. Okay, cool. But who's winning? Is it you or me? What are we doing here if we're not winning? You... Ashton is begging to wrestle me again. That's why this match was booked. Matt came to me and said, Ashton wants a rematch. And I said, yes. Why? How is that a clapback? That doesn't make any sense. You are begging to wrestle me because I beat you and I exposed you. And now you want to try to dunk on me on Twitter because you have 3,000 more followers than me? Who cares? You said you lost yourself. You lost yourself because I beat you. That's what I do to people, man. And I'm, and I'm sorry I'm getting heated. I, that's what I do to people. You want to... I'm, I'm in this to be in this. If you're in here for the Twitter clout and the claps on Twitter or, or, you know, the merch, if you're in there for that, good for you. But I'm here to be a winner. And I'm here to be the best. And I'm no, I don't play around with that. I've dealt with too much stuff in my lifetime, too much stuff in my career, only being 20 years old, six years in, beating the sh get 
the shit beat out of me every day just for you to dunk on me about 4,000 more followers, 3,000 more followers. Who cares? I'm a winner. That's where I want to be. I'm going to win SCI. I will win SCI. And if I don't, if I don't, that's fine. Because eventually, I will get better. Eventually, I'll be ahead of the curve of everyone. Five years. Guess, get, get this, guys. In five years, when I'm 25 years old, I will be 10 years in wrestling. Five years. Where do you 20. think I'll be at 25 years old? I haven't even reached the prime of my life yet, and I have 10 years of experience. People don't realize how much SCI means to me, I don't think. People don't re really don't realize because people like Nolan, Daniel Garcia, Alex Kane, you know, Logan Creed are all in the all in the, the main tournament. They're all there. Those are the guys I wanted. I want to be on that level. Look at all the people that have won SCI. I want to be on that level. And to prove that, you have to win, Ashton Star. You have to win. It's not how good of a match you have and how much of people like your match. It's about if you win or not. That's wrestling. So if I win, I show people what I've been saying. It's called backing up your actions. Again, I'm sorry I'm heated, but I put too much into this to get dunked on, you know? Uh, but yeah, let's talk about the Ashton match because it's going to be great. He's great. He's first, literally... First one was great. First fantastic. one was great. Yeah. It's one of my favorite matches. I, one of his... He'll ask you. He said it on the podcast with you guys. It's a great match. Okay, I win, but what? Ne what's next? I mean, ever since my match with uh, Adam Priest at the first show, I won. Every match. Look at my record. I am 2-1 and one in, in action wrestling. My debut, again, another workhorse, Adam Priest, first match. And that was in February. I didn't even know who I was yet as a wrestler. I have an identity now. I think I have an identity, at least. I'm much more confident than I was four or five months ago. You know, it's back when I had the one knee pad and, you know, I was still figuring myself out. And I brought it to Adam Priest. I lost. But like um, Dylan Wacko said on commentary, I'm only going to get better. And that's what should scare everybody. I'm only going to get better. If I keep going the pace I'm at, I'm only going to get better. And with age, I will get even better. To me right now, the pinnacle of wrestling is Jonathan Gresham. To me right now, the pinnacle of professional wrestling is Jonathan Gresham. I want to get Jonathan Gresham good. And then after that, once I reach that level, I'll get Robert Martyr good. And then let's see where the bar is. That's my goal. If you want to ask that question, because I know so many people have asked, what's your main goal in wrestling? That's my goal. I want to define this era of professional wrestling. Next 10 years, everybody says, man, Danielson was the king of the 2000s. He defined an era. That's what I want. You're going to look at my discography 
and it's going to speak for itself. And there's going to be somebody 30 years from now when I'm dead or gone, or if I'm still alive, whatever, that as passionate as me, that studies as much as me, that loves this as much as me, or even more, that's going to study my work. And they're going to look at my work and they're going to apply my work. And through that, through those people, my legacy comes to fruition because I changed wrestling. I think that's like the ultimate compliment is to say, I want to be that person good. And everybody knows that that person is the best at what they do. So hopefully, I'll, hopefully I'll wanna... you're not dead in 30 years. I mean, yeah, I don't know. I, I suck at math guys. You know. <laughs> Hopefully you're not dead in 30 years, but in yeah. 30 years, I hope there's someone out there that goes, I want to be Robert Martin Robert good. Martin good. And that's the, that's the best thing you can hope. In my lifetime right now, John Gresham is the best wrestler in the world. Close to, close to him is Davey Richards. You know? Speaking, and, speaking of Davey Richards, who put out, so much love for you today. Uh, I, I think oh, yeah. it was the tweet that, that you retweeted from us, but I mean, he was like, basically, if you don't know who this man is, you need to check yourself because this is, this is where it's at. He, he said, I was, I was one of the prospects in wrestling, not right now, just in wrestling. And that's probably the biggest compliment I could ever get. And if people think I was hungry now, I'm going to be starving. I'm going to be starving, man. If you think I'm going hard now, just that little little kick of motivation. Just wait. Just wait and you see August, Just wait and you see August 7th. Just wait and you see August 20th. If you, if you thought I was hungry now, man, y'all ain't seen nothing, man. Y'all have not seen anything. Cause I have I have been been working so hard, and when I got to shake that man's hand, man, it was different. Cause Davy Richards, him, him and da him and Danielson, they wrestled. Um, trying to think, yeah, they wrestled for Dragon Gate USA. Uh, sorry, that's my that's my dog. Um, they wrestled for Dragon Gate USA. Uh, I think it was two thousand nine, and that's one of my favorite matches, man. Davy Richards versus Danielson, and then Davy Richards versus Sammy Callahan at AEW. They had a great match. The matches that uh, Davy Richards had with Roger Strong. Roger Strong is one of my favorite wrestlers ever. Period. I uh, he's, a, he's another guy I based my style around off of Roger mm -hmm. Strong. Um, but yeah, man, Davy and Jonathan Gresham and guys like that. Those are guys like you look at them and you know what you're getting you're going to get the best wrestling in the world. And when I make my entrance, I want people to have that level of respect and be like, this is one of the best. We're going to see one of the best matches. So, yeah. And, and oh. a great piece of entrance, entrance music too, you know. <laughs> yeah. Everybody asks me about it. I know there's somebody that wants me to do the Godzilla version. I will never do that ever. Terrible. I hate that movie. <laughs> Zilla 2000, that is the worst movie ever. I'd rather watch Sharknado a hundred times than that. 
Don't ever disrespect Godzilla like that, man. Terrible. No, no Sharknado. No, no Sharknado. <laughs> no Sharknado. <laughs> we don't want to do that. All right, now I do want to touch on futures one for one more second yeah. around the fact that it's not a one-on-one match. And how does your mindset get into a match where it's it's not just you versus somebody else? You have to take two people into account, and you don't have to get pinned yeah. to lose that first-round match. That's that's the biggest concern of mine too. Is I don't have I could not lose and lose the match. That's my biggest concern. So my biggest game plan is to stay in the ring at all times. I don't want to say too much else, but for obvious reasons, but you'll be hard pressed to get me out of the ring. I will be beaten in the ring and I will stay in there as I will be, I'll be stuck to the mat. Cause think about it. How many times have we seen, and we talk about studying, man, how many times have we seen somebody lose a title or somebody lose something, uh, a, a big match, because they weren't pinned, and they want to say, you know, the that they weren't pinned. Well, buddy, that's the match. You know, you weren't. You, you don't have to get pinned to lose. I'm not going to bring that excuse. That's the match. So I'm going to do everything I can to stay in there. And look, Hardway Heater, people don't realize how new Hardway Heater is. He's so new, but he's so good now. You know, because Carrie is, Kerry is again one of the best trainers out there. So coming out of that, you know, that crux school, you, you know, even if you're two years in, two three years in, you're you're going to look like you're six. Um, hard, you know, Hardway's tough, but Hardway is a hundred percent beatable. I've seen him get beat multiple times in Paradigm. Again, tough guy, but he can get beat, and I know he can. So my intimidation level is a little lowered down. As for Hoodfoot, Hoodfoot can also get beat. But I've seen Hoodfoot knock out people mm-hmm. in two minutes, in the first 15 seconds of a fight, knock them out clean. You know, that's what worries me. Mm-hmm. But, you know, Hoodfoot's got that punching power, but guess what? I did boxing for seven years. I did amateur wrestling for my entire time through high school. I can take you on the feet. I can take you down. And I can do much more than that. Yeah. So we'll see. Hoodfoot, Hoodfoot is definitely and I know he's hungry, man. That's a, that's another thing that worries me. He's almost as hungry as I am, if not as much. Hoodfoot wants this. And I'm good friends with Hoodfoot. But in there there's no friends. Oh, Fair enough. And we just got raided. Uh, Limitless. Limitless. Thanks for the raid. Limitless Sports. Appreciate it. And uh, appreciate yeah. the follows, guys. All right. Thanks for popping in. Uh, if you're yeah. just joining us now, this is the Bald Monkeys. We interview indie wrestlers. We're with Robert Martyr right now. He's dropping an incredible amount of knowledge on us right now about not all only right. his career, but indie wrestling in general. So thanks for all the follows and thanks for hanging out and be sure to chat it up. I, I like that emote there. It looks like Captain Chuckles with a baseball head. You see that? He's got a beard ah. there. Oh, I can't. But, uh, yeah, we'll describe everybody, it. <laughs> to everybody at Limitless, uh, yeah, thank you for joining, man. Uh, dude, Limitless is probably my favorite place to wrestle right now, man. It's so great. Unfortunately, I'm not on the next two shows, but I'll be back. 
I had a great match with um, Alec Price. That was very fun. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, man, it was because I have mixed feelings about that match because I, I I'm so locked in usually, but just the crowd being back, you could tell I was just moving a little bit different. So next time I'm in front of a crowd like a big crowd like that, I'll, I'll be much more prepared. So I think that's what that's what got me the loss against Alec because I was just so concerned about the fans, man. It was good to have that many people in a, in a building again, you know, you, you're only used to like having like 20 to 30 people. They had like 300 people just packed. So I was like, man, the fans are here. The fans are back. Now it's that energy up. Um, so yeah. So I, I think I got distracted and, you know, Alec Price, he's a, he's an asshole, but <laughs> you know, we'll, we'll wrestle again. We'll wrestle again. But yeah. So speaking of wrestling again, and and we've we've gone over all the matches you've had and some of the competition you've gone against, and the fact that you want to go against workhorses, the the Ashton Star match is the second time you're going up against Ashton. It, yeah, you tend to always want the next guy. You want give me another one. Give me the next workhorse. Give me the next big name out there. I want to take them on. What's it What's it like getting prepared for somebody that you have to fight for the second time? Because I don't often see you doing multiple matches with folks because I feel like you're going going yeah. out there and getting more. Yeah. It again, when when Matt came to me about it, I was hesitant, not because I'm scared of Ashton, but I want the next thing. I want to move up. I don't want to regress because I have some type of disagreement or beef with somebody. Uh, I I'm here I'm here on this planet for a limited amount of time. Time is money. Time is everything. I need to go on to the next thing. And people say, oh, man, you're only 20. You have so much time. I want to be decorated. I want to be decorated right now. Because when I'm 30, what will, my, what will my stock look like when I'm 30 and if I'm decorated right now? That's my mindset. I'm not looking at this, let me take a back seat because I'm 20 years old. Screw that. You know, I, I want to be good now. And, um, you know, I, he came to me is like, look, Ashton really wants this match. Really wants this match. And, you know, he's lost himself, whatever that means. And he and he thinks he's found himself. Apparently, he knows how to beat me. And look, if you watch the finish of that match, I did a counter I don't think anybody's seen. It I I double take very quickly because I was like, did he just go? Mm-hmm. You never touched the mat. The way you reverse that, get into the pin. That was like a sunset flip, but it was, I, I don't know, the way that you packaged him up there and, and and never touched the mat to roll him up. Like, yeah, I had a double take, and I watched it back on IWTV to make sure that what I saw in real life actually happened. <laughs> yeah. That was impressive. And, yeah, and those are things, those are things that, uh, that I'm, I trained for. I mean, you look at it, how often uh, do people get caught in sunset flips? How often does that happen? Sunset flip is a very effective move if done right. If you package them right, if you put them on their back, make their knee, make them touch their knees, and they're stacked, that, you're done. You're done. That's a cradle. You know, I got high school. I know what it's like. So I, I needed to come up with a counter for that. So why not? And here's the thing. Um you know, I've been, I've been doing my best trying to work on my legs, trying to get my leg strength up. 
um, Ashton, what he did was he did the sunset flip and he was trying to pull on me. And I think he got frustrated because I wasn't going. Usually it's usually a quick response, but he held on and he bridged himself up so he could get more leverage. But in him pulling himself up, I, I just rolled through because there was space and I had done it one other time before in training um, because uh, shout out to uh, another trainer of mine, Mecha Wolf 450. He actually taught me that version and um, I had done it like two years ago, one other time. And I remembered it in that moment. I was like, Oh, I, you could see in the tape. If you watch it back, I was almost falling and I was just trying to figure out what to do next. Cause I knew if he kept tugging, you know, I I'd be screwed. So I just rolled forward and I hooked his leg. If you notice how most people, they'll grab uh, their hip when they're in a sunset flip, they'll grab their hip and press it to them. Ashton has long legs. Ashton is a lot taller than I am. Mm -hmm. So that's not really going to work. So I went over and I hooked basically his left leg. And that's why he couldn't kick out. So it looked incredible. Like I, I still, I, I've, I watched it back the other day too. And I just, I was, doing actual work and i turned and looked and i was like okay i still understand how you did it it's it's probably um it's probably one of my favorite moments because i don't think anybody expected that um and also a thing about me is i don't have to win with the gibson driver i don't have to win with that i don't have to win with um uh my uh Wow, how did I forget my the name of my own freaking move? <laughs> I, I don't have to win with uh, my chicken wing. I don't. And, I man, I've repped the chicken wing so much. I've, I've gone with Eli. I've gone with um, his tag partner, Malik Bosidi. I've gone with Janai Kai, who I've worked really close. And Yoya, I've trained with Yoya. You know, I've repped that move on all of them. And it's worked for the most part. You know, so I, I make sure that the Gibson – he actually – Ashton was the last person to kick out of the Gibson driver before I started figuring out a way to stack them higher. Because if you notice the way I did it in, in the match that we had, my the way I had dropped him wasn't as effective. And I had wrestled uh, Ricky Archer after that in Limitless Wrestling. And I hit the Gibson driver, and you notice I dropped him on his neck. So I, I learned from that match how to make that the Gibson driver more effective because you've seen it when, when matches. James Gibson or Jamie Noble won with it all the time. That's why the Gibson driver. Roderick Strong took it and made it even better. Now I'm taking it and I'm trying to add more things to it. So the reason I'm, I'm saying this is because I'm winning matches with this. I'm winning matches with uh, uh, the the chicken wing. I don't have to win with those. I can win with anything. I can win with any submission I lock in. I can win with any pin, any reversal. That's why I'm, I'm trying to make myself as dangerous as possible. There are guys out there that are great wrestlers, but they rely on one thing to get them the job done. Not me. You do have right. so much in your repertoire. It's it's crazy that some of the things that you can just pull out 
when you need them. And it goes yeah. back to the whole thing of being a student of the game, being being watching as much wrestling as as you have, wrestling as much wrestling as you have, being around people that you can just pick all these little pieces from and tailor to your own style. I mean, it, it, it's amazing. It's like, it's like, it's like knitting a jacket together or like using, like making a, uh, a big puzzle piece, pieces. I was original traditional Mexican Lucha. That was how I started working the right side, traditional Lucha arm drags, moonsaults, uh, springboards. I can do all of that stuff. People haven't seen it. It's on video. I have them on my phone. Me doing moonsaults, me doing springboards and hurricane runs. I can do all that stuff because Mecha Wolf and uh, Ricardo trained me well. But that's my base. I don't do that in matches. I can if, it, if I ever need it. You know, I prefer not leaving my feet because it's called high risk for a reason. Mm -hmm. Why take the risk? High risk, high reward, yeah, but when it pays off, it pays off. But, you know, everybody does it. Everybody, I feel, is taking that approach because, you know, I think they think the uh, the reward is higher than the risk. And a lot of times, the risk is worse than the reward. Why take that chance? And also, I just love the science of wrestling, man. That's my biggest thing. I just love the science of wrestling. So why not use it? Why not use it? The, the tricks of the trade that, you know, guys in the 1930s were using to, to you know, eat the next day. Those, those, those carny wrestlers, the carnival wrestlers, or uh, uh, the, the traditional catch wrestling in, you know, in Lancashire or the French catch that I've been watching this week from 1950s. Like, why not watch Luthez? Why are we ignoring these guys? Why are we not taking and expanding on what they did? Because obviously it worked. Luthez was champion for 10 years. Why aren't we taking from him? I feel like wrestling is at a point where it's the youngest it's ever been. The landscape of wrestling, every wrestler. If you really look at like the top names, 20, 24, 25, 26, the oldest. Rarely guys that are big, big, that are past 35. Like the, 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 as far as the age of wrestling, it's gotten so much younger. That's why having all these veterans and the independent scene are so important. Cause you know, we, we don't know if Daniel Bryan is going to return to the indie scene or not, but it could happen. Imagine what we, we'd learn from him from coming back. Imagine what we'd learn, you know, uh, you know, from these TV guys coming to the independent scene, what we're learning from that, what we're learning from Davey Richards coming back after, four years and just giving back and giving back and giving back or Jonathan Gresham coming into the independent scene, Alex Shelley, you know, those guys learn from them and expand. I feel like everything back then the mindset was they were trained old school, but they were thinking new school. So they had the fundamentals of the nineties traditional wrestling. Um, but they, you know, they, they, they expanded on it. They took from different things. And now we're new school trying to do newer, newer schools. <laughs> Basically we're, we're like, we're trying to catch up with what we're doing. Like it's on another level. If you're really looking at it and wrestling is so young and so new and so fresh, it's very important 
to have those veterans and to learn from them. And that's why I'm, I'm, that's why I take from everything. I've take from uh, Toriumon in Japan where Ultimo Dragon decided to take all the dudes from CMLL, say, screw you guys. I'm bringing you to Japan and teaching all the Japanese guys Lucha. Why not watch that? Why not take a pin that they did that they did that I've never seen before? Why not? Why why not watch Sima do some weird crazy pin, or why not watch Super Crazy when he was Super Loco in 1993, and see him do crazy stuff and you know take from that? I don't have to do everything he's doing, but just taking little bits and pieces to always stay on. I don't want to be studyable, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Harley Race would say that a lot. If you notice. You would watch a Harley race match. I, I don't know. Maybe you guys haven't noticed, but I know a lot of people that I watch a Harley race match with or students always ask. I'm still a student. Uh, I, I mean, at least I have that mindset. But um, like trainees always ask, why is Harley race hitting the rope differently every time? If you watch a Harley race match, he'll hit the ropes the right, mm. uh, on the right side, which most, people, most wrestlers are trained that way. But then he'll hit the other rope and he'll do it on the left side. That's not really... We're told not to do that. He does it. And I was like, why does he do that? That's so weird. You're purposely putting yourself in a different position. Um, it's just, it's not favorable for you. And he said, they're not going to expect it. That blew my mind. Because it's so simple. Like, of course, they're not going to expect it. But they're not going to expect it. That's the, it's as simple as that. They're not going to expect it okay, I'm trained that 100 out of 100 times someone is going to hit the ropes a certain way. I managed to whip him off into the ropes and he's hitting it the other way. What the, yeah. That little thing, that, just, that small thing of just, wait a second, what? Boom, now I have you in, in control. You can't study for him. That's why Harley Race was seven times world champion. Why are we not taking from these guys? Why is there millions of hours, millions of hours of wrestling that we are not watching and, and taking advantage of. And it is, we are in the most accessible time in human history where we can look up the, how many atoms are in an apple or some dumb shit like that on Google and we'll have an answer. <laughs> Back then, people had to go to libraries to just figure out, you know, who invented something. I could just look up on my phone who invented I don't know, a chair or some shit like that. <laughs> Give me the answer. Franklin the third or whatever their name. <laughs> John chair. Like, John yeah. Chair. Yeah. John chair. Like, why are we not like, again, we were saying this earlier, people had to tape trade to get yeah. access to Japanese wrestling. They had to tape trade. They had to, first they had to find something of value to be able to trade. Then they had to find somebody who was willing to trade that thing for that. And then they would have to make a mutual agreement. Okay. I'll, I'll give you my totally Blanchard 1987 collection for your, uh, Misawa 1992 run. Do you want, and then they would do that. They trade it off. I'd be like, okay, I do want to watch totally Blanchard in 87. Here's Misawa. I've watched it a bunch of times. We can just look it up. I could go on Daily Motion right now and just find a bunch of old matches. I could go on YouTube and I could uh, shout out to XWT where I waste all of my money. Uh, (laughs) 
on extremely rare, hard to find torrents of wrestling footage that I have to go through my friend to transfer it to Google Drive so I can watch it. Uh, you know, that's like, I consider myself an online tape trader. Yeah. Online. This is, I mean, I don't know who's trained VHS, you know, nowadays, but if they are, you know, hit me up, please. Uh, <laughs> um, but like, yeah, man, like we need to take advantage of this. And like, think of it now, like how good will Lee Moriarty be in 10 years? Right? Yeah. Like Lee has only been like, he's a former independent wrestling champion and he's really only been consistently out there for like two years, max. Two years, only two years. And he's this far. He's on MLW, you know? Um, another guy, how how long do we have to wait for Myron Reed to get out 10 years from now? How good Myron Reed is going to get? Yeah. Myron Reed's probably going to be like 30 pounds heavier and signed in WWE champion yeah. 10 years from now, you know? Like Carmelo Hayes or, uh, uh, man, I, wow, I forgot his, uh, his indie name, but uh, – uh, Christian Casanova. Christian Casanova. Yeah. Like, dude, what is he going to be in like five years? That's that's the mindset I'm having. Like Everett Connors is another dude. You know, he's so unique. You've never seen somebody like ever. That's one dude that I can't compare anybody to. That's hard. That's really hard. He's just himself. He's he, just he, himself. Yeah. I cannot draw any comparison to Everett Connors at all. I can't. I can't. I, as much wrestling as I can see Chris thinking. He's, like, he's going trying, through his Rolodex. You're trying. smoking. I, yes. I've been thinking on this for like, like three weeks. Like who? There has to be somebody that did something similar, but I can't think of it. As much of wrestling as I watch, I can't think of anybody that looks like or acts like or wrestles like Everett Connors. He's just himself. And, you know, that's awesome. That's great. And, like, just think of how many opportunities. Like, what is the landscape of wrestling right now? And Nick Gage is on MLW. I mean, sorry. Whoa, wow, hey, MLW. W, Jesus Christ. He could probably Nick, go to MLW, too, if he wants Yeah. To. Nick Gage is on national television. Yeah. The same Nick Gage that I watched kill Nick Mondo in 2002. That Nick Gage the Nick Gage that died on Tournament of Death, and everybody said he'd never see the light of day of television ever, even at uh, even him being the most popular wrestler in the independent scene, never touched television. What happened tonight? We have, from for all we know, we have Daniel Bryan possibly being an independent wrestler. He's probably going to go somewhere, but still, we have him, you know? Uh, for for a minute, we had Samoa Joe. Chris Hero is still there. We have Davey Richards actively wrestling all the young guys. You know, John DeGresham is doing the best he can to get to the independent scene. So many guys, man. So many guys. And just so, like, the, I would have never thought in a million years that Zack Ryder would wrestle Nick Gage. That's still bottles. Like, if you told me that three years ago, I, I would have booked that on universe mode <laughs> on, uh, like I would have booked that on, on like on TW or something 
like just role playing it out, see what like laughing my ass off, trying to see if 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 Zack Ryder can beat Nick Gage. Like that's such a that's such an efed match. But I but feel it's like ha- it's, I feel like it's so ridiculous. You wouldn't even have done that. Like that's yeah. how yeah. like out of the like space it is. It's like wait a like, second, what? What? Yeah, exactly, dude. Like wrestling is wrestling is in such an incredible spot right now. Great. And we are, I feel like we are like two years before another boom. Cause everybody said, um, you know, when all in happened like two, three years ago, like that was the boom. But I think that was like the start of like, Hey guys, indie wrestling's back. Cause 26 after 2016, everybody got signed and it was like, Man, everybody's getting eaten up. And I hate that, you know, everybody's saying, oh, indie wrestling's dead and all that stuff. There's always going to be a, a new class. And I think feel like the class of AJ Gray and Nolan Edward and Daniel Garcia and Alex Kane and Lee Moriarty and all these guys, like, you know, you, we, I could go on and on and on of all these top Brian Keith and like this, this new crop, there's a new crop of the new crop, like Cole Radrick, like all of those and Cole Radrick, Billy Starks, dude, I could go on and on for how many people, you know, we have this new class of like wrestlers. Um, and what's crazy is what the new class was three, four years ago when Joey Janela was still in CZW is now the, you know, they're the top guys now. How quickly that happened. Three years ago, Joey Janela was killing Leo Rush on CZW. Now he's on television. You know? So that that's that's where we're at. And I feel like two, three, four years, that's when the boom's gonna happen. When we just get a little more experience. That's the boom. That's the real boom. If, if that- this isn't the boom, I can't wait to see what see the boom that, is. Yeah, yeah cause exactly. like this feels back? so incredible already yeah. right now. Already right now, but we're just scratching the surface. If you look, and I don't, I hate to compare them, but like you look at where the game changer wrestling is at right now. We've never seen this type of reception for like, dude, their fan base is the only thing I can compare it to is the original ECW, man. And I know that that's like the, you know, that's a given. That's like the cliche thing. But man, like, where have we seen something like this before? Before, other than ECW, mm-hmm. nothing. We've seen so many replicas. Like, we've we've seen. I don't even think in the history of CZW it's gotten that rowdy. Honestly, like, we've only seen people trying to replicate or duplicate GCW is its own thing. But it's like, man, the connection is there. It's weird. Um, but yeah, man. Like, and honestly, and I know that I don't want this to sound disrespectful either. I don't want to be in this class, if that makes sense. I don't want to be in this class. I want to be in my own class. Like, I want to be, I want to be, okay, this is the era he came out of. But, you know, every wrestler is going to strive for it. But, you know, I, I, I kind of want to be like, I feel like we had a, a small, like, two-year era of just crazy, mind-boggling, crazy dive, 
kill yourself wrestling, which is awesome. But I feel like that era of early Ring of Honor is kind of coming back. I feel like the undertone is kind of coming back of just wrestling again, you know? Like a one, it was weird because like once Evolve died, it was like it it, it kind of changed wrestling. The, the the scene changed a little bit, and I think that 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 hunger for like legit pro wrestling is coming back. Well, I mean, it's a great time to be a wrestling fan. It's an amazing time to be an independent wrestling fan, and I feel like if there's more to come, I want to be part of it, and I'm glad that I'm at the beginning of it. If this is the beginning of it. Or Dude, if we're the thick of it. That's why, that's why, like, remember, like, four years ago where everybody's like, support ind- independent wrestling, guys, and we were begging fans to support independent wrestling. The crazy now- part, the crazy part, we weren't, like, I didn't even hear that noise. Like, four years ago, independent wrestling wasn't even on the radar. Yeah. It was the pandemic that brought independent wrestling almost to the, to the forefront. Yeah, because yeah. what did you have? have nothing you know everything was kind of stolen from us and it's like i don't think i'd be where i'd at where, where i'm at without the pandemic as weird it's, as that sound. it's crazy to say right like that horrible thing that happened is like the thing that opened the door for a lot of people, for a lot of people man a lot especially for me because that year like in march i had lost 25 pounds at that point i was two years ago in 2019 2020 uh, I was like 185 pounds, no lifting weights. I was just really, I was hurt. Like my, my back was hurting me a lot and I was just really out of shape. And I had lost like 25 pounds and like, dude, oh man, I, I lost 25 pounds and I was like, oh man, I'm ready. I'm ready for it. I'm ready for uh, the, the mania weekend. I made a whole like promo that I'd worked on myself, like book me for mania weekend and all this stuff. And uh, I thought I was ready. Now looking back, I was not ready at all. I don't know what, I, <laughs> but for what at the time I was just like I'd lost twenty five pounds. I'm ready. I want to wrestle everybody, and I wasn't ready. And the pandemic happened, and I felt like I had lost all that weight for nothing. But in my head, I was like, I'm not gonna gain it all back. Screw that. So I like, I would do home workouts. I'd run, you know, because nobody was out. So I'm just. I'll run, um, you know, and dude, like I lost more weight and I lost like 45 pounds. And now I'm like, well, you know, I, I, I went from 185 to like 150 and now I'm close to like 170 now, which is good, but like muscle, muscle mass. (laughs) Um, but yet legit, like during the pandemic, I would, all the Florida shows were, we're trying, like, as soon as everything kind of opened up, you know, how Florida's going to Florida. All, All right. right, let's start a wrestling show. That's and cool. I was a part of it. I was like, man, I want to wrestle, dude. Now, screw this. I want to wrestle. I thought this was going to only last for two weeks. We're three months in now. What the heck is going on, you know? And um, it was weird because when I saw the, the, the COVID-19 on Twitter, I was like, oh, it's like Ebola, whatever. It's the same thing. <laughs> It's like everybody freaked out over a bullet. It was like nothing. It was I like, might have said that too. <laughs> yeah. Legit. I was like, oh, it's like a bullet. It's going to go away. I'm never going to hear about it again. Um, no. And Oh, they're shutting things down? It'll be like a week. Whatever. We're good. No. And it's like three months in, and I'm like, 
uh, things are not getting better. This is kind of crazy. Um, and, you know, I would do s- small shows like closed tapings and just that and that and that. And uh, I saw an ad for a closed taping of Paradigm for their UWFI. And I Paradigm was on my radar at, the, at that time. And I had not wrestled for – I had never wrestled in the Midwest at that point. I had only wrestled in Atlanta and Chicago were the only two places outside of Florida I had wrestled. And that was like in a three-year span, you know? So I did that, and I sent my resume in. I sent, you know, my – basically my credentials of me being an amateur wrestler and boxer. And they were like, cool, all right, you're selected. And I was like, I I am? I'm (laughs) They, they picked this Florida kid. Holy shit. You know, <laughs> Cause you know, the, the saying is, if you're from Florida, you're never going to get out. I hate, that was another thing that motivated me. I get the hell out of here. I want to make a name for myself, dude. Like the only dude I could think of that from Florida that really made it out was Roger strong from Tampa. So it's like, or, or Jay lethal was also from Tampa. So him too, but like two people, only really two that really made it out. So it's like, oh, and Eric Stevens, shout out to Eric Stevens, made it out to Tampa, Florida. Uh, you got three but, now. There you go. You're yeah, good. Boom. Three people out of a whole state. Awesome. Door, doors open. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but like, you know, it was rough. So I was like, wow, I'm selected. And I looked at my bank account and I was like, man, I'm broke, but I'm going to make it to this. It's the last thing I do. So I found a way to get money for it, and I paid for my own flight, and I flew out there, COVID era, mask on. It was very, very, you know, crazy. And, uh, yeah, I, I, again, I said this earlier, I wrestled Matthew Justice, but, like, that was it. If you want to see, like, the first match where I had had any, like, like notoriety in, it was that match with Matthew Justice and like I think it was like episode one of UWFI Contender Series season one. It's crazy. It feels like so long ago. That was like, dude, that was like October of 2020. That feels like 10 years ago. Jesus Christ. Then I got to do off of that. Um, I got a little bit of notoriety. Like people actually were like, oh, who's this Robert Martyr dude? And it was like so cool. I was like, holy shit. I, cause like my goal of mine, I would write it down. My goal was like, I want to be on IWTV. That was a goal of mine. And now it's like, not even in my head. Cause I'm always, I'm only exclusively wrestling on IWTV. Always on IWTV. Yeah. yeah. Always on, like not even a year ago. Like I was like, man, I want to get on IWTV. That's such a big goal of mine. Get on IWTV. It's crazy. Right. Yeah. How, how happened in a year because of just something that you think is wrong or something that, that you think is bad, and then it just turns out to be a big thing. Like, you could think of so many people, like, like it, during the pandemic era, too, like, Game Changer had, like, a whole new crop of people come in because of the pandemic. Because mm-hmm. you, you had, in 2018, 2019, you had your core group of guys, and then in the pandemic, you had, you know, nobody knew who Lee Moriarty was in, like, during that time. I had heard about him because he wrestled Alex Shelley like twice in AIW. That's the only thing I heard about him. And then he wrestled on on um, on GCW. And then him and Trey Lamar 
and that whole group, you know, and then Cole Radrick. I knew of Cole Radrick, but he was started to get him put on Game Changer. Like that whole crop. Now they're featured every show. It's crazy, man. Wrestling's crazy. I wouldn't be where I am without the pandemic, and that's crazy to say. I, I say it I say it often and I think people think I'm crazy so I'm right there with you like the, the pandemic is probably one of the best things that could have happened for my like wrestling fandom and yeah for the for the for the fact that it gave me so much more it gave me so much more insight into what wrestling really is it's not just what I see on the major channels it's not just what i see coming out of you know major tv stations radio stations it's all the little stuff too it's all the guys that are trying to get their butts out of whatever state they're in whatever whatever rut they're stuck you know fighting their way out putting on performances yeah dude it's it was and it's weird now because i i'm in i'm i'm in that still in that proving yourself stage you know, like there's a, you know, you know, certain guys that let's say they do have like a, not a bad performance, but like they could have done better or whatever. They'll still be on the next show. Like they'll still air. For me, I still feel like even though I'm officially part of the, a limitless roster, which is like saying that out loud is like, wow. You know, cause like the first limitless match I watched, one of the first indie matches I watched on YouTube was Zack Sabre Jr. versus Chris Hero for Limitless Wrestling in 2015. That was one of the first matches I've seen of any wrestling that wasn't uh, Deathmatch Wrestling CZW Can't Believe Oh My God Moments comp- compilation number seven. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, like, that was like the first one of the first full matches. And then I saw Jonathan Gresham wrestle MJF on YouTube for Limitless. And I was like, man, I got to do this. So now to say I'm on the roster is like insane to me but you know i have i have roster spots but i still feel like you know if i don't deliver that might be it you might again for this place or that place so it's like and i again i kind of like that every match is sink or swim man every match i'm gonna retire tomorrow retire tomorrow yeah you know i like that and it's like I feel it, but I feel like a deliver, you know? Like, I was so nervous against my match with Kevin Blackwood, man. So nervous. I was like, am I really here right now? Am I really? I wrestled my match on my 20th birthday. That was my 20th birthday when I wrestled him. And in the span of three months, I'm wrestling J.D. Drake. Span of three months. Like, it went from Kevin Blackwood's amazing, but Kevin Blackwood, J.D. Drake. Like, now I'm just interested in what's happening next because now I'm going to even more places. I'm going to, uh, you know, New Jersey now. I'm starting to wrestle a lot in New Jersey. You know, VXS is starting to take a chance on me, um, which is cool, man. Um, you know, I'm starting to wrestle a lot in, um, uh, wow, in New York. And then I'm trying to get into Texas. I'm trying to get into North Carolina, South Carolina, you know, California. I'm trying to go everywhere, man. I'm really trying. And uh, hopefully, like, these next few for, few performances are, are really going to turn that on for me because, you know, I want it really bad. 
Um, what's cool is like, I've, you know, as young as Daniel Garcia is like, I've learned so much under him. Like I'm, I, I'm, I'm kind of his student. I'm like, I'm as kind of basically his young boy. I've learned so much from like, you'll see, like, if you watch, uh, I wrestled, uh, Nikolai White for VXS's Mosh Pit Killers. He's a, he's a local, uh, New York, New Jersey wrestler. He's great. And, you know, Daniel Garcia was in my corner. You know, I was cornering Dan for his match against uh, AJ Gray at the Collective last year, and um, or this year, sorry. And then I um, actually at GCW's Fight Forever, which I was on in a last-minute replacement match in a scramble when it was 18 degrees inside. It was cold, and it was a 24-hour show, and I had been awake for 16 at that point. Oh. Uh, I, bro, that whole GCW's fight forever. I think I slept like three hours because I was helping set up the ring, helping everything. And I think, I don't know, some show went under time and they were like, whoever can put your gear on in the next five minutes. So me and Eli Knight book it to the car. It's like literally like six degrees in Philadelphia at that point. We take our gear. I didn't even have time to put my boots on. So you, if you watch that match, if you go back and look up GCW's Fight Forever, you'll see me wearing my wrestling shoes, the ones that I wear for my shoot style matches. Those are actually the ones I wear, I wore in high school. Uh, but you'll see me wearing those, and I'm like, well, I have my wrestling shoes. I don't have time to put on my boots. So, yeah, like, what a crazy ride, man. You guys are making me, like, feel kind of emotional. <laughs> Dude, all this is happening under a year. It's crazy. This is the ride we take people on. You know, we, we start out nice, nice and easy. Then we get you all pissed off, and then and then it comes crashing down. That now now you get that emotional effect now, to it. I, stuff on camera, it's terrible, <laughs> man. But yeah, they would like it's insane, and I I don't even know what like I can't even think of next year. Like next year is gonna be crazy. I don't even know what that happen next year. Um. I just feel like wrestling is, is in such an interesting spot. I don't know if there's you guys have any more questions or the fans have asked questions or anything like that. But like everyone's oh. just been like intently listening. I think. Like <laughs> that's, that's essentially everybody's just reiterating a lot of the things you're saying and just really enjoying the the the, uh, the conversation. Now, I do want to take a very different turn here, and this is probably the hardest question we're going to ask, but we want to ask outside of the ring this is going to be tough <laughs> do you have any hobbies that are not wrestling related okay i'm an artist i draw a lot there you go um, i've been drawing i drew even before i could talk so i i i wanted to go to school for animation i'm not sure about that right now uh animation it sucks <laughs> it's tedious it's hard there's no work it's like it's really hard to be an animator so respect anybody who's an animator man um i do some voice acting some voice acting jobs um uh my biggest thing was film man i did film through all through high school so uh there's like four semesters so i would i from freshman to senior year i did film so we would do a uh we'd have to make a, a movie every year at the end uh so i've worked on directing uh video editing uh, shout out to Ivan Firejay, who I work with on all my big promos and videos. Like he's a man. I 
I could edit it myself. I just don't have really have the time anymore to do that. Um, but I, I know how to edit. I know how to do all that stuff. Um, man, outside of wrestling. Wow. <laughs> I sleep and I eat. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, I, I don't know. I don't know if this counts, but I, you know, I, uh, I go, man, it has wrestling in it. Catch wrestling. I catch wrestling on the side. Um, jiu-jitsu. I'm starting to get into Brazilian jiu-jitsu, learning a little bit of that. Um, actually, uh, I am a very avid card collector. So I just have a bunch of, not just wrestling cards, but I have, uh, I don't know if AJ Gray is the, Hmm. <laughs> I have a blue eyes white dragon card. I have one of those. Um from uh Yu-Gi-Oh. I have like a whole deck of just super rare Yu-Gi-Oh cards. I collect cards. Um, you know, I play video games. I just don't do it as much as I like used to. Like during the pandemic, man, and before when I was like a teenager. Uh well, a teenager, I was like a teenager last year, so it doesn't <laughs> I was like <laughs> I was a like before, but like when I was like 15, I was like active, 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 active. I would play all the video games. So, um, yeah, I work. <laughs> I work. I don't know. I, yeah, I, I we, used to play sports. I knew this was going to be the hard question. <laughs> like, this like, was the one that's going to be hard. Um, yeah, man, I just, I do the thing. I do things. <laughs> but I do so, have a lot of, like, if I had to pick one thing, it's probably, like, my art. I just draw a bunch. Um, man, I have, like, I have, like, three whole essays of, like, a real script of a movie that I'm, like, I have, like, four of them. Like, actual, legit screenplay, uh, dialogue, concept. Yeah everything written out like four movies that i'm just that are just sitting in one of my drawers because i never got to finish it um i have those and then i have like i'm i'm really into you know uh anime and manga and stuff like that so like i'll i have like four four or five like fully up drawn out comics that i used to have out like i was a huge sonic fan as a kid so i'd make them like sonic you know, like I, I don't know why. What was my obsession with mixing Mario, Sonic, and Dragon Ball Z together? I don't know why that was a thing. Uh, but I was like, okay, if they all, if if Mario and Sonic, their universes collided with each other and they got sent to DBZ World, what would happen? <laughs> so that's like I had like like six issues of just legit panels of me drawing all, all the all that stuff drawn out. Uh, but yeah, that's what I I guess that's what I do other than wrestling. <laughs> oh, we did get a question in the chat. So, old bad guy, what is the hardest part about making shows for you? You travel all over. Oh, what is the hardest part? Um probably forgetting things cuz I forget everything. Uh it's the worst part. Uh actually uh, little known fun fact my match against Ashton Starr before that uh, I take medication to sleep so I left that seven hours uh, no like it was like five hours into the drive to Georgia I realized I had left that 
to sleep. So when we 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 stayed at a, at a a wrestler's house, and I just I literally slept like maybe an hour. Oh man! I wrestled Ashton Starley that day. <laughs> I drink. I don't drink energy drinks. They're really bad for you. You probably shouldn't drink as much as much as wrestlers drink them. Shout out to Jaden Newman because that man can, the, cannot. I you will not see him without a bang or a Red Bull in his hand. It's ridiculous. Like I'm like I you're addicted. <laughs> What's going? A lot of wrestlers are like they love their energy drinks. I was never a big fan. I was like, uh, I'll drink my Gatorade, whatever, right? No, I was like, give me those, give me that, give me, <laughs> give me energy, give me Red Bull, anything. So I was just that match, like right before it, I was just packed on Red Bull, man. I was like, all right, I'm ready to do it. <laughs> um, a fun fact but, about Jaden Newman that explains a lot. A lot, a lot yeah. yeah. He always drink every everywhere it's hilarious it's, now, I, I i know it's not like forgetting things but i mean we did see that you lost your wallet yeah uh, did you I, ever find it so it turns out um i don't think i lost it i think it was stolen <laughs> oh. damn uh, yeah because um what had happened was uh i had wrestled brogan finley and then after that, I had a 4 a.m. flight to Limitless to wrestle uh, mm-hmm. Alec the next day. So, you know, again, I take medication to sleep. So I'm like a zombie just trying to make sure I get on this flight and I make it on time. And I wrestle. I go home. I make my merch money, all that stuff. I fly on the, on the flight back. I land. I am genuinely a zombie. I have not slept at all. I get in the Uber and I realize as soon as I get home, I left my wallet. I know I left in my wallet. And here's the thing. Uh, you can call the Uber, you can call help or whatever. And you can talk to the guy, pay him to drive back to give you your wallet. This is not far from me. So uh, I call him immediately and he's like, I'm like, Hey man, left my wallet. It's got this on it. Do you see it? He's like, uh, no, I don't see it because like he, he, he was like, yeah, let me check. Yeah. I don't see it. I was like, that was really quick of a check. It was very fast. That was like almost fast to, to like, he literally was like, okay, let me check. Can't see. I don't, I don't see it. I'm like, can you look a little bit, a little bit more like, no. (laughs) So either I, but he also mentioned that, you know, he did have other people in the, uber you know there so i'm like either dude's lying to my face and he took the money um or somebody uh you know that was one of his patchers saw him they took it so either one the rate i was paid and my merch money all gone everything i made was gone and my cards my license uh my covid my coat my vaccination card was in there and i'm still waiting I have to wait eight weeks to get my new vaccination card. It is bullshit. Oh, um, wow. Dude. And the only, the only way I, I have proof is that I took a picture of my vaccination cards. Thank God. But I actually need to physically have it, you know, to, you know, people know I'm vaccinated, but um, it, it's frustrating. I'm like, dude, you didn't check at all. you like, you just like, imagine you're asking for your wallet. Dude gets, you can hear him just be like, okay, let me check. No, I don't see it. 
and you're like, do you mind checking a little bit more? He's like, oh, I don't know, man, I got to go all this stuff. And I'm like, he has my wallet. He, I know he has my wallet. So I'm like, I can't do anything. I can't find him. I don't know where he is. It's gone. It's done. Uh, but I, again, I appreciate everybody who sent money. I had to tell people to stop sending money. Cause I was like, dude, I had reached way past what I, what I, uh, you know, what I was originally missing. So, uh, you know, I don't, I don't want to take people's money like that and just be like, well, I, let me make more money. No, uh, but for the extra money I did, uh, I felt bad for keeping it. So I just helped my mom pay her light bill with it. So that's it. <laughs> yeah. So I was just like, ah, I could spend it on more gear and memorabilia, but uh, my mom was like, here, here's light bill money. Jesus Christ. And to that, and to that fucking Uber guy, if he did take it, wait till that receipt comes back to you, bro. Uh, dude. Wait till that comes back to you. How do you feel having my ugly ass, you know, ID card picture with you now? <laughs> Give him back his COVID card. Yeah, yeah. damn. That's Send all I back care. the COVID card. Oh, and I had a Wendy's card, Wendy's gift card I just bought. I was so oh, mad. Oh, that oh. sucks. That was the one. I was more mad about that than the money. I was like, <laughs> I had 40 bucks in that, dude. You know how much I could get with $40 worth of Wendy's? Oh, oh man, the frosty dude. The frosty. Wendy's <laughs> Twitter. Wendy's Twitter. You like wrestling? Look, Robert. Come on, dude. Yeah. Come on, guys. Oh, come on. Come on. Listen, little if, Caesar. You're in the chat. Go, go tweet out at Wendy's right now. He Wendy's, lost forty bucks. Little Caesars, Dairy Queen, hit my ass up. I love y'all. You, y'all are the <laughs> little Caesars. <laughs> Still cheap pizza after all these years. I don't know how they do it. I don't know how they do it. Listen, J. Rose said it on Twitter, man. When you grew up where I was from, okay, New York-style pizza was accessible, but it was like 20 bucks. You know, for me, I just wanted some good, fat, hot and ready pizza, $5. I could go down, walk past my local bodega, Little Caesars right there. Five bucks. We could feed a whole fucking village with that. Bam. You better hope that you get a Little Caesars that gives it to you hot and ready. because, Dude, no, there's some of them. I'll admit, bro. There's some of them. They're just like, here is three-day-old pizza. Here you go. And it's like, okay, I get what I pay for, but come on, guys. Please. Yeah. <laughs> At least throw in the microwave. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> come on. I'm like, dude, come on. Like, but dude, here's the thing, bro, is there's days where I'm like, this sucks. And then there, there are times where they make it right and fresh. And I'm like, this is the best pizza I've ever had. So it always keeps coming back. So it's like me. It's like a, it's like a monopoly. I don't know. It's like a, it's, it's like, I'm trying to think there was always, um, do you guys remember having those cereal boxes and then, and like, there would be a toy in it. Yeah. If, oh, yeah. Like, yeah, you know, it's like that. It's like you might get five eh, pizzas, but there's always that one that just hits the sweet spot, and you're just like, "This is why I love you, Little Caesars." This, <laughs> this is why, is I, why keep I keep coming back. Yep. <laughs> exactly. Perfect. Yeah, man. I don't know. I, I I've always had a pizza addiction. I've tried. I'm I'm trying to bulk, so I'm I don't care. I'm giving myself some slack. Kind of pizza. Try- <laughs> you got all the food groups in pizza. You're good. 
All yeah. the food groups it, are there. It's salmon, chicken. Uh, you know, I I work at uh, an outlet now, so like I'll go to the food court on my break and eat some Chinese food. Uh, and you know, that's you do. Some of the Chinese food there is great, man. They have like, uh, damn, I'm trying to think. They have orange kit, orange kitchen, <laughs> orange, um, man, and uh, yeah, there's another type of uh, not teriyaki. It's something similar to teriyaki. General Tso's. Uh, the general. General Tso's uh, chicken. Some something like that, and then I'll have Sesame like sweet, chicken. Yeah, and I'll, then I'll have like sweet plantains. Uh, that and rice, it's good, bro. And then my and then my home Spanish food, food for the soul, man. I don't know. Listen, growing up, it's it's weird. I I saw a meme on Twitter the other day, like, um, I saw a meme on Twitter that said, uh, fancy like rich people food is like terrible compared to like, you know, food that with like have you noticed like five i'd rather have five bucks little caesars than like go to like this top of the line restaurant that'll give me like <laughs> two pieces of salad and like a bacon yeah. and then make it look nice you know poor people food is good dude it's like it's good <laughs> but yeah oh we got another one in the chat oh same person old bad guy just hanging out what is the worst part of wrestling to you not pain. That is not the pain. Um, I would say the travel, but I like the travel. The travel's fun. Um, but hmm, the worst part of wrestling, I just probably just the politics, man. It's the politics. Luckily for me, I'm at a position now where I don't have to deal with it as much because I'm. It's weird. I always thought as a trainee, it'd get worse the higher you went, but it's actually gotten better. Like, locally, it's terrible, dude. Like, people are arguing on Facebook about just the dumbest shit. I'm <laughs> just like, none of this matters at all, but you, you're wrapped up in that world where it's like the Florida wrestling scene, it's like, it's terrible. Um, and just being around that. I, I, I want to say, I'll answer this question, just people around, like, with negative mindsets. I just hate it. Like, people that you could just tell they're bitter at everything, and they they just don't want to be there, but they're there because it's the only thing they got. You know, there was a lot of people who were like that. Those are the same people that beat the shit out of you. You know, it's like, like, why? Why? <laughs> like, wrestling is a sport. Wrestling is meant to take seriously, but wrestling is also fun, man. It's fun as hell. It's so fun. Like, why, why... If you're doing it, why not enjoy it? Why are you putting yourself through this misery of wrestling if you hate it so much? That's why I like I can't listen to most wrestling podcasts because it's just they hate it just sounds like they hate wrestling to me. I'm like, why are you watching? Why are you putting yourself through three hours of raw when you know you're not gonna like it and you know they're not gonna change for you? Why do you keep reviewing it? It's like it's <laughs> it's like watching a TV show and you hate every single actor and you hate the writers and you just hate the show in general. You're like, this is a terrible show, but I'm going to watch every episode and every season and review it to tell you how much 
I wanted to change and wanted it could have done better, even though I am not there and they will never change for me. <laughs> it's like, it, like I get criticism, but it's like, guys, man, just, just watch something else, dude. Yeah. It's not 1995 anymore. You don't only only have WCW and, and and WWE. You have so many other options. Don't watch Raw then. Just don't watch Raw. It's that simple. <laughs> don't watch Raw. It's not gonna. There's you something don't for everybody out there, dude. It's wrestling is a smoothie. There are so many flavors, so many flavors of wrestling, and I love them all. I love wrestling. There might 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 be styles or things i don't agree with or like i not that i don't agree with or they're just not my taste but that's why it's there it's there mm-hmm. for other people it's not there for me what's the best thing about it what where can you find anything like wrestling nowhere there's literally i don't think there's literally anything you could pair compare wrestling to you could and if you're looking at it the sport aspect of course ufc and stuff like that but like still like where are you going to get where are you going to get Drew Gulak versus Timothy Thatcher and then on the in the same in the same genre get Undertaker sacrificing the company's daughter the 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 boss's daughter on a stake <laughs> literally about to uh, perform a satanic ritual and it being stopped by a middle-aged bald man like that where are you going to get that and then the what? boogeyman comes out and eats worms and, and then, all over everybody. Where are you going to get a man in a stormtrooper helmet and fall? Like, where are you, you're not going to get that anywhere else. And it's like... Oh, poor Scott Yeah. <laughs> you, people don't understand, like... People are like, oh, man, wrestling's not as mainstream as it once was. And I, yeah, I, okay. But look how much wrestling references there are just on, like, people who don't even watch it. Mm-hmm. That's why, like, the thing with Rolling Loud that we talked about earlier is such a big deal, even though they're going to have to censor, like, 100% of it. <laughs> it's, like, such a big deal because all these rappers – I'm a huge rap fan, dude, huge rap fan. Um, you know, so you hear, like, all I'm, – I'm constantly listening to all these new albums, and you're hearing these ref, wrestling references all the time. It's either about Ric Flair. Ric Flair. It's about Ric, Ric Flair, Stone Cold. It's a battle rap. I'm a huge battle rap fan. There are so many wrestling bars out there, dude. It's ridiculous. And they're like the best ones because they're so clever. Um, and you see all these mainstream rappers wrestling. Cardi B is a wrestling fan. Cardi B is a wrestling fan. Like, uh, he, he's a little bit lesser known, but the Denzel Curry, huge wrestling fan. So Kendrick Lamar is a huge wrestling fan. There's a bunch of guys that are legit wrestling fans. So it's like, why aren't we tapping into that market? Like, you know, I am a huge, obviously I'm one of the hardcore of hardcore fans, but the thing is like me, for me as a a wrestler, I don't want to ignore the casual fans. I think that people that do that are ignorant because you can't have hardcore fans. Like, like in your case, we can't have hardcore fans without casuals. That's how they become hardcore fans. You have to make them a fan first. Mm -hmm. So if we only take that audience, we're really only maintaining that audience, you know? So I want to try to get as many people who haven't seen wrestling be like, man, that's cool, you know? So, yeah. All right. 
we've gone a long distance already, but I think yeah. I think it's time for the next segment, which is the worst segment we have oh. on this podcast. Are we ready worst for segment. the worst segment? We're ready for the worst segment. I got right. I got I got it lined up. I will run the promo, you do the intro. Oh yeah. So stupid shit but i want to know the first thing that hits your head all right that's what that's what's coming out of your mouth all right we go through these questions gotcha so i think the video is just about up it's up i hope it's off everybody the lightning round as always 10 questions as fast as we can mr robert martyr are you ready sir let's get it let's go here we go if you could wrestle any historical figure who would it be and why? Um, Benjamin Franklin. Why not? I, I love it. I love um, it. I don't know. I feel like, like he'd be a hoss, dude. Just be a hoss. And, and his gimmick would be that, you know, he steals ideas and takes credit for them. I like it. I like, <laughs> like it. that move. He did that move. <laughs> so that's what actually happened. So why not him? Okay. Favorite day of the week uh sunday i like sunday a lot it's just calming it's like a lot of people look at it as like oh monday's ahead but it's like i don't know sunday's like that 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 nice day at the beach i don't know i like sunday the last (laughs) day of rest yeah okay first celebrity crush (sighs) uh not celebrity but i have a cartoon character (laughs) she go from kim possible i was a huge 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 like i was in love with that woman. <laughs> she go from possible. Uh, yeah, I don't know why. I remember. <laughs> Godfather or Star Wars? Um, Godfather. What? Godfather. Are we talking about the movie? Yeah. Yeah, Godfather. Well, now we've hit the first time that we've ever had to just shut the lightning round down after four questions. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> just kidding. Okay, number five. Have you ever tasted soap? Yes, a hundred percent. I am. I come from a Spanish mother. I have tasted soap before. Favorite type of dessert. Favorite type of dessert. Um, Oreo Blizzard cookies and cream. Ooh, yes, that, 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 I, I like it. I like it. Have you ever stolen anything? Absolutely. I come from New York. What do you think I am? Come on. <laughs> <laughs> favorite book of all what? time favorite book of all time hmm oh man damn i read a lot so ah shit uh, does, can it be like a like an anime does that count sure um cool i'll say uh here we go i have it berserk it's my favorite thing to read nice yeah Oof. Okay, number nine. What's the strangest thing you've ever eaten? The strangest thing I've ever eaten. I have had, oh, man. You guys, I've had shark before. Nice. Okay, shark. Nice. It's, and number... it's not, it tastes like chicken. It's weird. It does. Yeah. Wait, now, hold on. Now, shark, like, mako shark or, like, swordfish shark? Oh, I was, shark. 
It's not a. It's not a, <laughs> a swordfish isn't a shark. Oh, we're on to you, man. We're on to you. We got you. So, um, I think it was like mako fish. It probably wasn't like a great white shark or anything like that. It was no, like like mako. Yeah. Listen. Why? Why are you asking these questions? It's a lightning round. Move on to the next question. All right. Yeah, that was that was nine B. Okay, number ten. Will technology be the downfall of society? Absolutely, a hundred percent. No doubt in my mind. Absolutely. <laughs> That's it. That's ten. We've gotten past it. We survived. <laughs> yeah. We survived. Um. And yeah. Uh, look. And by the way, no, no. Uh shitting on star wars i love star wars i just really love the godfather hey. it's my one of my movies ever also i'm a little biased because my uh my film teacher was like my film teacher made us watch that movie a lot <laughs> mm. we had to study that movie a lot so i know like a lot about it and like why it's good and all this stuff so yeah <laughs> i get it i get it all right so that was the lightning round. We survived. We got through it. It was the worst part of the podcast, but we've gotten past it now. And now we're on to the last couple of questions here. Absolutely. We're going to finish strong here. I'm waiting for, for somebody in the chat to clarify their question. And while we're waiting for that, I'm going to ask my last question, which is if you were able to go back and talk to 10-year-old you, what would you have to to your 10 year old self my 10 year old self i would say um a lot of people are going to try to crush your dreams a lot of people a lot of people are going to try to put walls and blocks and obstacles in front of you and it's going to suck for a long time and it's going to feel like you're not making any progress you're not advancing you're not um making people proud or you're not, you know, you're not improving, um, whether that be academically in your life, wrestling. But if you push through, if you get what your mother gave you and be stubborn and not, you know, not take shit from anybody and just, you know, bite down, press hard on that mouth guard and just keep pushing and keep going and keep working hard, you're going to make it regardless and just keep having that mindset of just don't stop don't stop for anybody don't stop that, that, that that'd be my biggest thing don't let anybody crush you well after that great sentiment i have to ask you this question and i'm going to apologize ahead of time because i have no idea what it's about but val pancake would like to know is frankie the mink gonna make another appearance okay so if you don't know what Frankie the Mink is, Frankie the Mink, people actually don't know this about Frankie the Mink. Frankie the Mink is a character that I made when I was in high school uh, because the theater kids would bully the jocks. This is a real thing that happened in my school. The theater kids would bully the jocks. The jocks would probably, in a fight, beat the shit out of them. But their insults were so, like, dude, they made you want to cry. Like, the insults were so bad and so like, oh my God, I cannot believe he just ruined your entire life. Um, that nobody, none of the jocks wanted to mess with him. I'm not a jock, but I, I still was on the wrestling team. So it's like, it was kind of like by association. But 
you know, I did like doing film and stuff like that. So it was kind of like a mix of both. Um, so I made this character be off of Godfather called Frankie the Mink, who's like a, a stooge. He's like a stooge of the dawn. He's like, oh, my name's Frankie the Mink. <laughs> and he's just a guy not to be fucked with. Like I got him. It was from Johnny Tightlips from The Simpsons. It was Johnny Tightlips and uh, the Godfather movies and Sopranos. And I just picked, oh, in the, the, the Mafia video games. Like the, all of those things, I just, there's probably got to be somebody, because I don't know why in Italian mobs, there's always a guy called blank the something, okay? Like they always have something in their name, right? right? Um, so I was like, all right, a mink is... <laughs> A mink is a term for like uh, I think it's an Irish person. I heard it in like a in the in mafia, but there was a I was just like it'd be funny if there was an Italian guy who was also Irish. <laughs> so his name Frankie the Mink, and I would just always do that whenever I'm talking to like the theater kids. I just fuck with them and just be like, "Hey, Frank." <laughs> I can't do it, bro. It's gonna bring back it's become a meme on Twitter of just Frankie the Mink. Always, I, I don't know if you've heard of Twitter Spaces, but I used to just I would be bored and just just be Frankie the yeah. Mink. But it would be like, um, yeah, you're kind of infamous on Twitter Spaces. You're it, you're starting to build a, a bit of a following, a bit of a reputation. Yes, because yeah. I just care on Twitter Spaces. <laughs> but I, I would I would legit go like. All right, so um, you're gonna meet a guy on 12th Street. Once you go to 12th Street, you're gonna meet meet a guy named Pauly D. Once you meet Pauly D, you're gonna meet um, I don't know some fucking guy named Johnny Cockstrong. Once you meet Johnny Johnny Cockstrong, you're gonna go to 14th Street. You're gonna meet a guy named Bradley. I want you to take a gun, take a nine miller out, shoot him in the back of the head. Once you get that, you're gonna go back to 12th Street. Come back to me. We're gonna take we're gonna take Johnny Cockstrong, kill him, <laughs> and you'll get half of the money. All right. And if you fucking say no, I'm gonna fucking kill your family. Because <laughs> I'm Frankie the fucking mink. You know, he's just Frankie the mink. He's a guy you, you just don't fuck with. Um, so will he make me be making any more appearances? We'll see. Because if I let Frankie out too much, he gets it, it's, it gets bad. And then like there was a point where people were like like tagging me saying, bring Frankie the mink. And it was like Frankie the Mink is not going to get more over than Robert Martyr. Fuck that. (laughs) I always said, though, if I ever work for a promotion that, like, you know, like oldie wrestling, like old wrestling, have you heard of them? Like, uh, they're like a... No. I thought you were just saying, like, oldie. Like, old wrestling. Ocean called old wrestling with an E at the end. Or it's like alternate universe. It's just like wrestling in, like, the 20s, right? So I, if I was ever in a promotion like that, or let's say like Camp Leapfrog had, you know how they had Killian Vision, you know, Camp Leapfrog had Killian Vision. I do a character of like Frankie to make maybe, but it would never. I would like no. <laughs> All right, so Camp Leapfrog, if you want Frankie the Mink, he's available. <laughs> fucking, he's available. Or I'll fucking kill you. <laughs> I, I feel like we we've we've learned the three faces of, of Robert of Robert Martyr tonight. It's it's Pegasus Dark, it's Robert it's Martyr, Robert. 
Frankie. <laughs> and Frankie the Mink. Frankie the Mink. <laughs> yeah. And I don't know why, dude. It just kept going. And I would just talk. I would just talk shit. I'd just be like, if fucking Nick Gage went across me, I'd shoot him in the head. Because <laughs> I'm Frankie the fucking Mink, dude. <laughs> and then somebody like, um, hey, Frankie, do you like meatballs? Wow. <laughs> And I'll just come up with a fucking stupid reply. Like, I'll meet I'll meatball your wife. <laughs> oh, oh, man. Oh, man. You'll be fucking sleeping with the fishes if you fuck with me. Or some shit like that. You know? <laughs> Something a mobster. Something one, of those, a mob one of those cliche mobster things, yeah. Yeah. Like, uh, <laughs> I'm gonna fucking turn you into tartar sauce. Or some shit like that. <laughs> <laughs> Like, oh, 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 man, dude, I forgot. This just unlocked a memory in my head. I said this in, like, the first time I ever brought Frankie to make to a, Frank, uh, 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 a Twitter spaces. I heard a promo of Harley Race calling Bruiser Brody an insufferable nematode. He said that. He called, and I'm like, and I'm like, and I just, I called Everett Connors, you fucking insufferable nematode, you, you fucking... <laughs> Amazing, bro. Just I, and then I called. Uh, oh, I don't know who I called it, but uh, Holly Race also said he's an oversized, overstuffed water buffalo or some shit like that. So I'm like, I just kept calling people these like really outdated insults, <laughs> and I think that's where it got rolling. But yeah, I haven't done him in a long time. I, again, I did. I do voice acting, so I could. I I I can do fucking Kermit. I'm not going to do it. I will not do it on, on camera. <laughs> Fair. Fair. I'll ruin, that will ruin the aura of, of everything I've ever built up. That's gone. No. Um, but I can do a lot of voices. Uh, yeah, man. I, that's all also like a thing that saved me from getting my ass beat as well. Like I would, <laughs> I would say something stupid in high school that fucked with the wrong people. And then I just say like a voice or say something funny and it make them laugh and not beat my ass. <laughs> uh, <laughs> it works. But like, dude, again, um, I know we're winding down, but like that's that's really funny story that like my uncle, it was I think it was the first day of freshman, my freshman year, and my uncle had come from like I think dude, he had gotten out of prison like the the week of, and I'm like, hey, um, uh, I'm kind of nervous for uh. For high school, what should I do? He's like, don't be a fucking pussy, first off. I'm like, <laughs> second off. Nice. Yeah, I can't I can't do his, his New York. I suck at doing, like, it, the way he talks. He doesn't talk like a typical New Yorker. He has, like, a Spanish tone with that. I don't fucking, I can't do it. But basically, he was talking to me and basically saying, so here's what you fucking do, right? Go to the biggest person, biggest motherfucker you see, and you just deck him. Just deck him. Lay him out then nobody would fuck with you and i'm like are you sure like are you positive and i respect <laughs> i re and i was doing boxing at the time i respect my you know my uncle so i'm just like <laughs> i mean he knows more than me and i'm 14 like okay whatever i'll just find the if he says so whatever uh, so i walk up and i just find the biggest dude i see and i just deck him right in the face and i feel so bad i hate i i can't i hate that i did that and then but here's the thing I do that, and I do drop him, and then six people <laughs> immediately attack me, and it's like a terrible day. <laughs> so I went from not known to public enemy number one in like a day. It, so I would like, that was a big thing, dude. I don't know why. 
I don't know why I did that. I just <laughs> maybe that should have been the thing you tell your ten year old self. Just like, yeah, maybe don't. Hey, if, if if Blue ever says anything about punching somebody in the face, just just don't do it. It's like, don't. just listen to everything else he says. He's a smart dude. Just don't. he even admits like that was a dumb idea for me to do. He's like he. He's probably like, I can't believe you freaking did it. And he's like, and, and I'm like, well, you told me to. It was like, I was a week out of prison, dude. I'm like, relax. <laughs> I was a week out of prison. You know, Jesus. I'm like, why did I let, dude, <laughs> get punched by six people at the same time does not feel good. <laughs> that's, ter- that's a terrible experience. But yeah, I don't know. I don't, yeah. We went from Frankie to Mink to me getting jumped in high school. Jesus Christ. Uh, <laughs> Sounds about right. Yeah. Val, like something Frankie would get into. Val, Val thanks Frank. you, by the way. She, she thanks yeah. you for pulling out, Frankie. Oh, man. Oh, man. He can die, man. I need, a, I need to kill him or something. Like, he can't, he can't be doing this. It's like this alter ego that just comes out. Can't control just, it. Just have Johnny Cockstrong take him out on 12th Avenue. Oh, shit. You fucking go to 12th Avenue, just fucking take him out. Or Bradley. <laughs> All these guys get these great names, and then there's just Bradley over there. Bradley over there. It's my fa- it's my favorite shit. Because in The Sopranos, they have like this mechanic, and his name is like Jimmy, and they just treat him like shit. It's hilarious. <laughs> it's fucking hilarious. He's like he's the guy that's helping you with all your cars, and you're just roasting him, just toasting his entire life. Oh man. Oh, I don't. Yeah. I, I don't know what to say. This Frankie the Mink just. <laughs> Tom's Customs, shout out to Tom's Customs because he had the balls to make a graphic of me of like a picture of, I don't know, some mobster just posing and then my face on <laughs> Jesus Christ. I'll find that and send it to you guys when I have the chance. I, to say, I have to find that. Yeah. It's on <laughs> hopefully buried somewhere. But yeah. Oh, are, are, we, are we at the final question, Christopher? I believe we've made it. We have made it. it. We are almost at the three-hour mark. We are breaking records tonight. It doesn't feel like it's been three hours. It feels like it's been like 45 minutes. Yeah. It's been awesome. Uh, But we are at the ultimate question. Yes. I have have a good feeling about this one from, from from a previous answer. However, we need to know your allegiance when it comes to Oreo cookies. And the question is, are you a team single stuff, the original Oreo, or team double stuff? Fuck. Double stuff, man. That is the correct answer. I knew it. Double why settle for a single when you can have the double? Exactly. Settle. It, it's, like a, it, it's like a sandwich single, with one piece of bread. Yeah. Can't do it, it. Think the single isn't bad. It's just it feels incomplete to me. It's not like finished. It feels like an unfinished Oreo. And it feels like a half a snack. I need my double stuff. I'm sorry, man. You know, it just sucks because like I like eating the, the normal size, but I like just I like the, uh, the 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 bites, and they don't have double stuff bites. Mm. That would be a great idea. 
double stuffed bites would be sick. I like it. Chris, Oreo write bite. it down. Write it down. Tag Oreo too. Twitter. I want the patent for it. <laughs> team double Hydrox. Stuff. Old bad guy, get out of here with it. Team Hydrox. Oh, my God. Yeah. No. No, well, Robert, no, no. definitely the right answer. Definitely thank you for the fun tonight. Where can everybody find you? All those social media spots, all those wrestling events coming up that you're booking yourself on. Where can we find Robert? Yeah. Martyr? As far as social media, you can find me on Instagram at death to martyr and the two is T-O. Um, and on Twitter, you'll find me at the stretcher RM. Um, I know some people decide that the end of the R with the M it's two R's it's two R's guys please don't forget <laughs> it's two R's because I'm a I'm a civilized human being and I don't make that um and look if you are an old whippersnapper like myself you can find me on Facebook but don't don't go to my Facebook <laughs> don't go to my Facebook, to Facebook. Uh, um but yeah uh, as far as you know upcoming matches uh August 7th I, uh, we have SCI, um, and August, August 13th, me and Ashton star the rematch. Then we have, uh, August 28th, we have, uh, the Woodstock, MV Young's Woodstock, um, for the, I will be on Polyam Colt party, um, against, um, Jordan Blade. You'll see me against Jordan Blade for Polyam Colt party. Um, and I'm also on probably all the other shows uh they just haven't been announced yet so if you see the woodstock show i'm on that whole card um and then august 20th through the 21st gsw me versus um me versus jacob fatu biggest match of my career um and then the next day i have something big as well but yeah both those days catch me on gsw global syndicate wrestling uh but yeah that's that's everything guys Awesome. Again, really appreciate you coming on. Really appreciate you spending this much time with us tonight. We yes. were really looking forward to this one. Really enjoying all your stuff. Can't wait to see what's next. Um, can't wait to see you at Futures. Can't wait to see you at Action again. I'll definitely be at both of those events. I'll even bring Chuck with me to Futures. Yeah, so we'll have a full crew. Podcast I've ever done, for sure. Hands awesome. down. Hey, yeah. uh, we we are here for everybody else. We hope to lift everybody else up and bring everybody to the masses. I mean, that's our goal. So Absolutely. we appreciate everybody. Uh, for those watching and hanging out tonight, we appreciate you. Uh, we did drop Logan Creed today, very nonchalantly. Logan Creed is our new comic collab. Go support. Bert Vixen is still available. There's still cards out there. I got stuff hanging up behind me. There's yeah. stuff everywhere. I'm wearing a shirt. Chuck's wearing a shirt. Huge Go comic support. Guy. Yeah. Logan Creed was awesome, dude. Monster, awesome. too. He, like, I look, I literally look up to him like that. <laughs> Big dude. Hi, Logan. How you doing? <laughs> Good to it's, see you it, again. It's kind of fitting that he picked Thanos. Yeah. yeah makes sense. You know? And next Wednesday, next Wednesday, we're just going to say it. Next Wednesday, we got Jaden Newman. We got Jaden Newman. Oh. He's back. He's back. Can you, t can, you, can you ask him, just for me, ask him why he's in love with energy drinks? 
tell him. We can. We can we, ask him. Me. I I I will write that down. Yeah. What, uh, what is, is up with your obsession? Yeah. With energy what, drinks. Hell yeah! But uh, yeah. Thank you guys so much. Appreciate it. This was awesome. Thank you. Thanks everybody for hanging out. Uh, we are uh, gonna send you guys over to Rhino JB, another streamer. He does uh, streaming of WWE 2K20. This will probably be one of the last raids we do that are not a sports raid because we've officially been accepted into the Sports Accelerator program. Awesome. So cool. We might get more viewers. We might get more stuff. But all that means is we're gonna get to support indie wrestling a little bit more. So. That's the big positive out of it. So, Chuck, thanks for the time tonight. Rob, thanks for the time tonight. Chat, thanks for the time tonight. This is where the raid comes. Rob, hang tight. We'll talk to you in the green room. Other than that, everybody else, go raid. Have a good night. Good night, everybody. Thanks for hanging out. Get over it.